attributed to Lou Holtz, but maybe it's not. They said, when you score a touchdown, act like you've been there. Well, four straight winning weeks, four and one. I could get all excited, but I'm just going to say, what do you expect? To my left, A.J. Hoffman. <laughs> to my right, Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. All right, A.J., I want you to talk about my winning. Now, <laughs> I haven't done it enough this week. <laughs> you did it on air, and I thought it was a really good way you said it. Now, we have it on, we have the tape. Okay. But I'm going to let you do it live. But if you vary from the exuberance and the unequivocal nature of the mm, admiration, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to play. And then you're going to look by. I'll look foolish. So go ahead. I said that early, a little in, more oomph. Early in the year, things <laughs> things weren't going great. That wasn't that wasn't your lead. I don't remember that what was, my lead. Was. I know, but, isn't, uh, but it inter- know is, isn't it interesting that you start with the negative? All I know is you've overcome it, and you are seeing things. You're overlooking. You're finding a way to overcome what Fez and I have been giving you. Well, first off, Fez has negatively. Been doing, Fez has been doing really well generally, but what happens is Fez has an obsession with closing line value. So every week his top pick Saturday night or whatever where the line has moved, pretty much, right? Yes. And those have been poor. And it's not his fault. It's just you know. Now, how did it differ last week when I sent my picks? I don't look at yours. Oh, okay. oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, I'm joking. I said, you, you said start sending yours before Fez or separate from Fez. Oh, I said don't let him dictate it. And right? so I sent mine early with, and I didn't, I, I didn't get, Fe, I didn't get the email from Fez. So RJ told me not to send. They, it to you. Yeah, they were on separate <laughs> threads. Matter. Yeah, you did. So I like did once, you, once, once you send yours in, I'll send his. So were you, you surprised it. at my picks? Like, did you did you expect different from me? I guess. Here's where the speculation is. A lot of people are saying. A lot of people that there's a, a there's a curious amount of overlap between your picks and mine and Faz's. and you know Brad Powers this was the debate in the NFL because he was a college guy and and to me I think what happens is when you sit here in the in the maelstrom I think is the right word I like that word uh, do you know that word yeah okay if you're in the maelstrom I don't know what it means but it sounds right is you can't not think that we're two of the best Steve and I. Fat. I agree. And thus, at some point, you just want to emulate it. And you know what? I think in general that helps people. Or at some point, you <laughs> p- you pick up on things. Yeah, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll accept that. But the beauty is, in college, and hopefully you can bring across some of those lessons with your amazing depth of knowledge. Because to me, you're one of the guys that really understands the details of college. And, you know... But but I I don't want it to be I'm afraid to make this pick because they're going to be if you if you have a positive reason to make a pick I think make it even if it's emulating us but if you are not making a pick because it goes against us our theories I don't like that as much because I want you to like be yourself because it might take you longer to evolve but once you're there it's, you're going to be a unique handicapper to me there's nothing nothing worse than a guy that just repeats another guy because not nothing worth he's worthless. Right, that's the. It's not that he's bad. He's just not valuable to us, right, Steve? Exactly. You've got to bring something unique to the table. Anyone can just, you know, golf clap and say, "I agree." Sure. Hey, so what I want is AJ saying, "No, you're wrong about this," because you know what? Maybe those picks are only going to be fifty-three percent. Like if if he can help us not pick the fifty-threeers, but not take us off the fifty-fivers, that's valuable. 
it won't help his picks much. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, for this role, you don't, you're not obligated to pick these games in the NFL. And that's the beauty of it here. If someone has a strength, and yours is college, Fez is college. He originates a little bit, but mostly you got all your network. Most of them outside of pregame, but you got your network, right? Yeah, like the first step is I got a guy that runs. He, he he's got his numbers in every game. So the first thing I do, and I you got, trade him for those. Yeah, info. so I go through and I write his number on each and every game. Because you think it's better than any public power rating? Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So that to me, I love that, right? But if people act like they're originating when they're not, I don't like that because they're, they're going to get exposed, and we don't allow that even, right? You got to be honest. But to me, you're the guy that might not and that's the thing you got to take one for the team here because we're betting these games you you got to be accepting of losing if it's going to help the end product now we'll see we'll see but you did the thing i liked that he said was he says it's beyond my comprehension how you're winning like this that was a night that's going to be we'll have that to reference at various points well i do i i've asked mckinsey before i was like how does he come up with these games because sometimes you'll if Mackenzie knew he'd be doing it. You'll send out, but I'm saying like we have. So we sat here for three, four hours last week and discussed all these games, and then some of the games would show up on the card, and then there would be a game like the I think the Monday night game. It was the, it was the Monday night. That game. was my fifth pick. We didn't even discuss. We barely discussed. Maybe. Squeaked that one out. San Francisco lucky win. Yeah, and then somehow I was like, it made the card, and it's like. We talked all. We talked for three and a half hours. We spent maybe two minutes you know, on San in, Francisco, and that made it. In a way, if a game, you know what this is an analogy to, then we'll move on because we're having fun with it. But you know, I am pretty proud of how we've been running because remember we were at a place where I only picked three picks one yeah. week because I was accepting I wasn't seeing it, and I would say the following. If a guy, I would say this, Sam Darnold's chance of being an elite NFL quarterback is less than a random person from the phone book because I know Sam Darnold can't be. There's a chance we're going to be calling a guy randomly that is, you know, that Oklahoma quarterback. I know he didn't have a great game. Right? Did he have a bad game? Yeah, he had a bad game. Yeah, but still, his. I'd like to have 10% of his con, you know, future earnings. Sure. Right? But the thing is, Sam Darnold, we know now that he can't do it. In general, if it was a game we've talked through, and I don't, I don't, I see both sides. I'd rather take a game we we didn't really dig into, because in general we have a history with the 49ers that they do well against the Rams, and I don't believe Shanahan's as bad as he seems right now. So to me, and I didn't like all the attention OBJ and Von Miller. I thought to me distraction usually the public reacts to that, but we shouldn't. So now I'm optimistic on the Rams long term, actually, but okay. Um, we can still win. Well, I just listen. I just want to get above five hundred. You need seventy-eight percent the rest of the year. We that, can still win. We need seventy-eight. You don't. Don't say me. We. But um, Fez, again, these line. What do you think it means that these line moves aren't happening? Like, like the, all the in theory, these are the games that we've made. Our let's be candid. Last three years, the line move games have done pretty well. Sure. So in a way, that's been the foundation of our winning. Now, listen, you don't hit fifty-seven percent that way, like we. But that's been if we in prior years we'd be. I think the games other than the line moves have done better this year than any other year, which means that if we would have had this kind of handicapping before, we might have you know we would have been close to winning or winning. Yeah, absolutely. So we we talk about San Francisco plus one and a half. They close a five point favorite. We're what teasing. Game is that now? We're t- that was um, the. Against Arizona. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was the Murray game when he was out. The Eagles, we were on top of the Eagles, line move against the Raiders. Yeah, so, yeah. Took we, three. But what's ha- Do you think it's just random? Or? I think it's random. Because this is the- – wouldn't you agree, and we did this on air, we said what's the worst game any of the Super Bowl leaders, you know, favorites, 
have had in the last two games. I mean, you got two games to give us a nice clean resume. And like the Chiefs were the second best. Mm. Even though the Chiefs have been, you know, other even last week wasn't all that impressive against Green Bay. Right? Yeah. And not impressive at all. And Tennessee was the only team that really hadn't had a bad game. And New England, if you count them now as a Yeah, but they were they were like the eleventh favorite or what so we went through the top. Ten. I think they were tenth. I think that's where you stopped. Was there? Yeah. Tenth. So in that, ra- yeah, you got Tampa laying eggs and, and Arizona back to back eggs. You now know, with Arizona, you can say, hey, the starting quarterback wasn't there. Yeah. But boy, would you say there's more parity this year than any year? At the top, there's no elite team. Which is what the parity st- is. Well, right? that's interesting. It's part of the parity, but on the very bottom, you've got some really terrible, consistently terrible teams. Other than, do you think Detroit is? Yes. See, I don't know. When Detroit almost beat Baltimore and tied Pittsburgh, and let's say Big Ben plays, how much is that worth? Three points at the most? Probably two, yeah. So two, they win right, by three, and I know you can't do that yeah. exactly. All right. I, I think Detroit, Detroit, is, Detroit I think, almost beat the Rams. I think Detroit, you're 10-0 you're and 0 if you just – you bet if okay. they cover, if they alternate. Yeah, you have a point go back so and forth. They're emotionally involved in these games. They almost win, and then they get crushed, and then the coach, the big coach starts screaming and throwing chairs, and they play well again. Teasing ahead, Fez and I have a bat. He initially, almost like the Phoenix Suns bat. He didn't see it initially. Would you agree? Yes. But then upon contemplation, which I like about him, he says, wow, that's a good bat. I like that. Because that means if it's not obvious to him, it's not obvious to others because he gets the obvious shit fast. And I say that as a compliment because I don't typically. I'm more of a scat. I'm always kind of saying, really? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes I miss some winners because of that. I know. We got one we love. Now, we're going to have be locked in with some major bets before you hear this. So don't feel bad for us. Go for it. I wonder if we can move the market. Oh, we will. Oh, I like it. I don't I mean, I like the listeners. I like myself more. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, a lot of people wouldn't say that, but Fez taught me that. Showtime! Woo! All right, best bet. Fez and I actually agree on one, and this was independent. Um, We also, give us a lowdown on the other agreements and such. We have, this is a triple like. The the best bet coming up. Steve's going to give it. Yep, and there are three other games, four other games. No, three other games where we, or four, no, it is three games. where Three other games where we have double likes. I'm going to give a little hint. I'm not sure if anyone's listening. I'm always going to ask you this. So just have the double likes, triple likes, and crossfires lined up before. All right. No crossfires this game, this time. All right. Steve Fezzik, your best bet? Minnesota Vikings plus two hosting Green Bay Packers. And I agree with this as my best bet, again, independently. And, and this eight. is independently a four weight for me. I'm not sure about that, but okay. All right. I want to talk about two teams here. <laughs> Arizona and Cincinnati. Well, wait a minute. This is supposed to be Minnesota and Green Bay, right? Well, they both the Jets or Jacksonville. Oh, that was <laughs> Well, they both played they both played Arizona and Cincinnati. And what's interesting about that is that they both played games that were complete and utter coin flips. If you can recall, Minnesota had Arizona beat, and they missed a field goal. They lose to Cincinnati in overtime. Conversely, Green Bay, they play two coin flips against the same team, two teams. And Arizona, remember, they throw that interception in the end zone when A.J. Green was, like, retiring mid-play. And Cincinnati— Well, first, A.J. Green's exceeded all your expectations this year. He right? has. So Cincinnati, uh, they played an overtime game against the Bengals. So basically, here these teams have had comparable performance against two 
the, the identical teams. One team's two and zero. One team's zero and two. And there's a reason Green Bay's eight and two, and Minnesota's four and five. What I'm saying, I'm not saying that Minnesota's as good as Green Bay, but I'm saying we can have a conversation clearly that if we had flipped that the other way. One team would be six and four, and one team would be six, would have the same record. But because those four games all flipped in the direction of Green Bay and against Minnesota, there's a perception Green Bay is much better than Minnesota. So I like Minnesota because of that. I also like the situational spot for Minnesota. They're four and five. They need the game like blood. They had a fairly recent bye. So now this... do you worry about that they've had a lot of these must-win games in a row? Yes. But because they had a bye like three weeks ago, they're a more rested team than Green Bay. Green Bay hasn't had a bye yet. They're 8-2, and two, and with a 17-game season, you know, at some point, it's going to be hard for teams to keep bringing it each and every week, especially the teams that have not had a bye yet. And look at Green Bay at Arizona. That's a pretty big game. At Kansas- Especially they, they could have given up on that game, but they said, we're going to make this a statement that we're able to do well without these receivers. I think the intensity of the, their effort, the Packers in that game, was higher than usual. Yes, and then at Kansas City, defense played out of their minds trying to make up for Rodgers not playing. And all so- the drama around Rodgers sucked energy. Exactly. And then Seattle, well, you know what? Russell Wilson's back. So that's a big game as well. So Minnesota's had all these high and leverage. It's Rodgers back. Yeah. So Minnesota, great point. High leverage, high energy games. Same thing for Green Bay. They have not had a break the last three weeks, and they haven't had a break all year long in terms of a bye. And Minnesota had one of their easier games last week, right? Uh, it was a tough I mean, one. When 20- it came to the, the, the their margin. and the, Up seven, they ran out the clock, and, yeah, they were driving. I mean, for so, them, that's about as, as – I mean, I guess what I'm saying is it wasn't this back-and-forth game. They, you, you nailed it. They absolutely had control of that game the entire way. And if you're looking at, like, your fourth-quarter win shares, yeah, you know, it's possible they could have lost, but it would have been improbable. All right, so fourth-quarter – Quarter win shares is if we wanted just last week's McKenzie. Where do I see that at? Uh, that's a separate printout that I, I can reprint now. Because <laughs> so, last well, week I thought it was a, a recap. You, know. you gave me a packet with how many pages here? It looks like about ten pages, and we didn't have last week's win share in there. But it's in the printer now, so that's good, right? No, <laughs> no. When you say it's in the printer, you're being. Uh, metaphor, or not even metaphorical, it's a euphemism, right? You're saying, once I told you you wanted it, you now just have to print it. Yes. So it's not in the, it's not in the printer. Being sent to the printer. But it's not. It's going to be when I quit berating you. <laughs> I actually did it right now. All right, all right. That's amazing. You could get berated and get it to the printer at the same time. Somehow, somehow, you know what's funny? <laughs> There's nothing that makes me happier than when people come around and like, you know, Archie, you're actually nice. Cause like, if I was on the other side, I, you, I'd be so fr- like, I think you, I got you there already. Wouldn't you say like, like, like last week I was nicer than you would have been. At yes. Last week you were, which means that you're start- It's not that I'm changing. You're starting to see the truth. That's fair. <laughs> or you're softening. No, <laughs> if so, it's not a bad thing. By the way, we do have that. That was fairly quick is all right, so we're talking Minnesota, right? So let's yes. take a gander here. 87, 88% win share. That, yeah. That's about as high as you it's get. It's a deserved win, yes. Yeah, that was a – I mean, Tennessee was 89. 
Miami was eight, Miami was 89. It felt like Miami had that game, right, mm-hmm. against Baltimore. That's where Minnesota yeah. was. Yeah, and, I mean, I think you pioneered the idea that Green Bay, as good as they've been in the past, they're about a 500 team on the road. You know, they just have not. Well, and Rodgers in his career has been now with, with this, this LaFleur era. You know, when you go 13-3, and three, you're not a 500 team on the road, so they've been getting better there. Yes, and but Minnesota I have is an above-average team, and they certainly have a well-above-average home field. You know, part of the reason Green Bay struggles on the road is because Green Bay does have that nice surface, uh, unique surface home field advantage. Well, now they got to deal with— Which we co- saw Seattle slipping and slide. Oh, yeah, complete great point. And the weather was bad. There were snow flurries and the like, and Seattle was— uh, but I think the slickness of the grass is yeah. the key to Lambeau's home you field. You don't get that in Whistler or Seattle. No. By the way, we do have our pregame luck standings, and really what we do is say, how many, what was your win share, and let's add that up as what you actually won effectively. And Minnesota, somebody, oh, okay. What order is this in, McKenzie? I made one in order of luck and one in order of how much you should have won. Okay, so Minnesota is the second least, or we can say the second most unlucky team. Only So Seattle is the least lucky team. Wow, that's interesting. And Detroit, so the, the, the real kind of problems with, huh, that's interesting. Why wouldn't, <laughs> so it says luck standings, and then we got pregame fourth quarter wins and the Delta. Wouldn't that be how you decided how lucky or unlucky a team was? I also used football outsiders expected wins and then did an average rank. So you took, you took our number, which is proprietary and better, and said let's, let's dilute that as much as possible by getting something else in there. I didn't. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Good thing. Okay. So somehow San Francisco. Oh, you know why? This mother effer. San Francisco is nowhere to be found in our unlucky rankings. Oh, but Pro Football Focus but, says there's. Well, there, football there, outsiders should be really much better. High. Yeah. Hmm. I hope to God this was a brilliant third level. You thought this would be entertaining. It wasn't you thinking, oh yeah, I gotta have cousin Kyle look good. It definitely did not have anything to do with that. <laughs> Oh, just coincidentally, the one team you have a bias for benefits greatly from this ass nine approach of bringing in some other idea. I did appreciate that Football Outsiders has a 49ers seventh, but no, it, it was not a factor. It was just, this is a very similar metric, and the fact that it agrees with our model in a lot of ways, I think it gets But get, the it one time color. it doesn't, it benefits your cousin. Yeah. And that's a coincidence. That's my story. I mean, that's true. That's honestly true. I don't think he realizes how pissed that makes me. Like, he's joking about it. Like, if we have a bias, we are useless. Okay? So the next time I see a bias for San Francisco that you don't put joke, joke on, I want those words, joke, joke, and go with it. Otherwise, the next time I see a bias, it's going to be painful. I mean, I'm going to crack you, like, for a 1000 and give it to charity. And that will be the beginning because that's bullshit, dude. I mean, why would San Francisco? It's like we got a list of this, and then it's like mine is mine, and 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 then literally the team above that, that's supposedly less lucky, Indianapolis is less lucky than San Francisco. Who in the fuck believes that? Do you, Spaz? No. How could you? The Colts just that one game was so unlucky, and and, and then it's like so it's minus point eight for Cleveland, minus one point two for Indianapolis. Then San Francisco's rated bet unlucky, more unlucky th- than them, but with our number, it's minus 0. 0.5. Hmm. So our number is saying it's pretty much even, right? And then the next one is Detroit, minus 1.2, Minnesota, Seattle. Now, Seattle's interesting. I wouldn't have thought them to be yeah. all that unlucky, but they're the most unlucky. But somehow we got all these teams that we all know have been unlucky, 
And of all the things I've taught at San Francisco, unlucky hasn't been one of them, has it? No. You know, it's hard to have almost a 500 record and be very unlucky. You know, usually the unlucky teams are the Detroits that are like 1-8 and eight or 0-8. Oh and eight. And so the fact that, that Minnesota's only one game below 500 and they've been unlucky speaks volumes to the fact that this is an above-average team. They're supposed to be 1.3 more wins based upon our proprietary fourth-quarter win share, which apparently – how does the football outsiders even calculate their expected wins? They do a mix of the DVOA for those teams. So when, whenever you hear someone say a mix, it means they don't have any idea. But go ahead. The first quarter performance, they weigh extra, and then they, they huh? do it as if you had a 500 average strength of schedule. Well, the fact that you knew some of it actually impresses me. So, okay, I mean, because I'm surprised. But let's think about what he just said, strength of schedule. How should that consider how unlucky or lucky you've been? Because my gut feeling is we all remember the games. So this is a check against our memory in a way, yeah. right? Like we have a buy. Like Seattle is like, I'm going, whoa, I didn't think of them as unlucky. But now if you're playing a really tough team, does that mean you're more unlucky? I don't think. I mean. I don't think so. I, I mean, I, and I, think, I don't even know which way it would bring it. But that that's why I think saying a, a, you assume a 50% schedule. I think that's probably the right way. No. Because I'm thinking, like, all right, so let's say a team had a really tough schedule. The results are the same. Mm -hmm. Does that mean they, let's think about this. That means that naturally they should be a little bit low. You, let's say you played the toughest schedule in the league and you were 50, you know, one five, uh, you were, had a 500 record. Good team, yeah. That means you're better than that. But th what does that have to do with luck? Nothing. Yeah, I don't understand that. I guess the way I'm looking at it is, like, the, I think, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, still the, the most off result for fourth quarter win share was the Buffalo Tennessee result. And that's a good team, Tennessee. If, but if Buffalo, if the same exact thing had happened to Buffalo, if they were playing the dolphins, would it be any more or less unlucky? I'm not, the fact we don't know the answer means that probably the quality of the team shouldn't be a factor. That's what I'm That's what I agree with. Okay. Yeah. I thought you, yeah. Okay. I thought, you I think shouldn't. what they're saying is you, you assume everyone's got the same strength of schedule. You know what I think the mistake is, and I actually am going to give McKenzie a little credit here. If what we were trying to do was find the true standings, which is saying all, then I think you got to count strength of schedule, but this is supposed to be the luck standing. So I think those are two different considerations that we would use the fourth quarter win share in both, but one should probably have a consideration of strength of schedule and one shouldn't. But when you let the kids play with the tools, this is what happens. Do you see that McKenzie? Yeah. But then why is it square in the middle of the of the fourth quarter, the luck standings? Because it was draft one. Mm -hmm. So you <laughs> really, Cody, you haven't corrected me yet. <laughs> Go ahead, Fez. Well, I think it covered it. So basically, yeah. oh, Minnesota's okay. undervalued, and Green Bay has had. You mentioned Minnesota's tough schedule. Green Bay, very tough stretch. No buy. Uh, big home field advantage. Crowd noise. Minnesota wins this game. They need it like blood. Well, in those luck standings, Green Bay's the second luckiest. Yeah, that's a good point. They've won 1.3 more games. So really, there's like 2.6 games difference in the truth. So that is fascinating. So the adjusted record right now. Green Bay has 6.7 wins based upon the way we do it with the pregame numbers. And that's the fourth quarter win share. And Minnesota has 5.3. Minnesota's played one fewer game still. Oh, now that's, that, see, that's what we were, oh, okay. All right, so he has his losses here. Okay, actually, I was looking wrong. I should have looked at the estimated win share that will account for that. 
and Green Bay has 6.4. Oh, my God, Steve, guess what Minnesota has? 6.4. Now, that is really good, the symmetry of that. We're yes. saying these are teams. One's got one more game. One's got a lot of lucky wins. One's got one last game, right, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and some unlucky wins. And that net, we're saying, I don't think estimated win shares, or is this estimated wins, okay, plural, not win share. So this is wild. Wow, look who's number. Why aren't we sorted by this one? So let's look at this a second. Dallas looks like they're number one. The, the Rams. Okay, Rams. 8.5. Okay, Dallas is uh, two. Good catch. Rams is one. Mackenzie, can you just print this with this sorted this way? Uh, it's It's got the, the rank next to them. So New oh, no, you're right. That's New actually England, good. New That's England good. three, Arizona four. So does this sound better than a typical power rate? Like all we've done is look at fourth quarter win share, no adjustment for strength of schedule. Or does this one have it blended within the football outsiders thing? Mackenzie. Yeah. So the estimated wins by FO is the Rams at number one, 8.5. Our adjusted records to the left of that. But our adjusted record, oh, okay. But it doesn't have, it doesn't have an adjust. It just has the wins and losses, but it doesn't make any adjustment for how many games they've played. To the left of that is the average fourth quarter win share. So that is obviously, it doesn't matter how many games you've played. You know what's funny? I've actually like done 90% of the actual work on this, the thinking. Mm -hmm. And it, in, just for him to like put together this sheet, it, like, I, I invented these numbers. I can't right. understand what he's doing with them. <laughs> that that actually has got to be bad. All right, what would, so you're saying? But you're saying just the average would be our rankings. Okay, yeah. so we would have Minnesota eleventh, and Football Outsiders has them sixth. Okay, so really we're saying the distance there is just about strength of schedule, pretty much. And they got Green Bay fourth, and we got Green Bay sixth. Or football outsiders. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the top five, and you tell me which top five sounds better. But I do actually agree that strength of schedule should be considered for this. So I think football outsiders are going to sound better, but not for the luck factor. But here it is, just no strength of schedule. Buffalo's number one with us. And number two is Arizona. All right. Strength of schedule probably would have meant something with both of them. Number three is New England. They've had a tough strength schedule. Four is Green Bay. And then finally five. Uh, Tampa. Tampa. I don't mind that. Now let's look at football outsiders, who I respect generally a lot. Uh, Rams are one. See, that's a mistake right there. The Rams are not the best team in football. Right? No. I got uh, them number five. Yeah. Number two is Dallas. Okay, so this thing's stupid. I mean, I listen, I like football outsiders. Does anyone? I'll take my five against their five anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Number, but Mackenzie said, no, this looks good. Number three is New England. Oh, Tampa. I accept that. You can have Tampa anywhere in that range. Four is Arizona. Okay. And five, why am I having trouble finding five? Three way tie. Oh, beautiful. Who's the three? Green Bay, Minnesota, and New Orleans. Boy, I like that. Shouldn't they I, all be tied for fifth instead of sixth? It, I, actually, if you do an Excel, it has an average, so oh, okay, okay. an average rank function, which I actually like. Um, but Faz, you would agree. You look, and if we take six and seven, that would be a three-way tie for five, right? Like them. So our six, if we took these seven teams, we got the Rams seven, and we've got um, 
Where's six? Uh, six is Dallas. So really, it, the question is, is Dallas six or are they two? What do you think? I got him fourth. <laughs> You're splitting it there. <laughs> That's a smart man. Well, maybe that shows you that we're the two outer bounds of this in a mm. way. Okay. I would finish up with this game as my best bet, so I'll take a minute with it, is I like Minnesota in close games more than I like Minnesota as a favorite. And here's why. They have a propensity to run the ball more than they should. That's suboptimal. Now, we're all kind of assessing, is that optimal number we thought was optimal? Is it maybe high? Because we've seen now Buffalo's been struggling against Mm -hmm. when there's the two high safeties. So has Kansas City. We'll talk about Kansas City last week. But in general, I think Zimmer isn't an idiot like a lot of the analytics people think. But we do know that Cousins actually from behind, if you just look, whenever Minnesota is, let's say, less than 30% chance to win, they've been shockingly good offensively. And what the analytics people are saying is they've been freed from the shackles of Zimmer's bias towards running. Hmm. I think it was a little true to that. Makes sense. So now in a game that they're the underdog, I like them because they're going to naturally, if they're down 7 or 10, which happens a lot when you're a dog, they're going to be in that better mode, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I like that in general. I also like that this feels like they got freed in a way with that nice, easier, it was an easier win. It feels like momentum might pick up from that. That's that's touchy feely. And Kirk Cousins is a touchy feely quarterback that you like to have in a good mental oh, state. Is that a what? Is it a one o'clock start or a four o'clock? One o'clock. Ooh, really? I, one o'clock Eastern. Yep. I love it because we got some history. <laughs> Jonas Knox, our uh, alum, who's now like a star in the morning, one of the three guys in the Fox Morning Fox Sports Radio Morning Show. They stole my name. I didn't talk about this here. Because it was always Jonas Knox, you know, the Joe Jonas. Mm-hmm. And now they, you know about this. They say it's two pros and a cup of Joe. Well, who, we were the pro. It's like, I should be getting some money from this. <laughs> I agree. What you say, Steve? It's just like Resorts World, that their casino looks just like the win in the Encore when they built it. Like, same colors. And then they put, like, this little slab of red so they didn't get sued. They uh. did get sued, by the way. They just didn't lose it. <laughs> so, what we're, so what we're saying is my good cheer and team mentality says, listen, if you want to admit the fact that my my off-the-cuff utterances are worth you building a branding <laughs> empire around, good luck. And, and, you know, I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of the way. I wish I was getting a little taste, though. Wet my beak. Um, Green Bay, I think this feels like more about accumulated fatigue versus it feels like this is just a good spot for Minnesota in in that fatigue area. And I actually think, like you said, the lack of buy, the Aaron Rodgers and all his shenanigans. I, I mean, you just got your what sixth shot? Yeah. For, for the <laughs> what? When's the soonest you could have gotten the booster? My my wife said I was eligible, so within a week I got it. Yeah. I I I will go. I will not get a booster. Hmm. No, it's just I just can't imagine you need a booster. Are you getting a booster? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Well, I'm older than you guys. Yeah, a little bit. You look good for your age. But here's what I would say about that. I'm not sure. I I got really sick from the second shot. I got the double shot thing, right? Which. Uh, Mary's um, father was actually 40 plus years as a virologist for the government level. It's actually one. Of, I think there's only three level four labs in the country. And one was, you know, in Montana where they grew up and, and uh, he went to UT, 
but uh, he grew up in Texas. But uh, he he worked for like I think it was fifty years now. I think about it. he was like seventy five when he retired. Like last, he retired like a couple months before Corona happened. So in a weird way, like the the, the real action. But but they were studying smallpox and you know like the stuff about the wars. Like if there's a war and people right. start releasing, that's what they focused on. You want to know something about my dad? When we got married. My dad met them for the first time, right? So the first time they're sitting and talking, one's a PhD, 50 years of virologist, one's a coal miner, right? And, you know, and they start talking about biology. And at one point, about five minutes in the conversation, my dad goes, you know, Frank, I respect you, but I think you're wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that is the perfect, mo if you want to know him, you know, that that's it. <laughs> All right, what, what's your thought? You actually somehow had a four-way on this game. Let's hear your handicap. Okay. I, Can't just say what Fez said. I don't think that – I think that there's a little bit of an overreaction to the Packers' score last week. I think everybody feels really, oh, 17 nothing. they smashed the Seahawks. That that game was 3 to nothing in the fourth quarter, and they ran in a touchdown at the very end to make it even 17. So I, I think that there was a little bit of an overreaction to that. Aaron Rodgers didn't look right to me, and they played against a quarterback who was clearly not ready to return – in Russell Wilson and the Packers defense was sharp but that that was against a team that can't run and the Vikings they've got a balanced attack you know RJ saying that they they've run too much sometimes but that's where the Packers have been weak is against the run so I think as long as it's a positive game script it's good to be a good running team against the Packers and that's what the Vikings are and then on the other the Aaron Jones being out for this game we Fantasy players loved A.J. Dillon last week because he scored two touchdowns, but he was like three yards a carry. That, it, like carrying the load at three yards a carry, that's not going to work if that's your running game. Real quick, Fez, and we'll let A.J. finish. What would you – who if you could have – if I said here's a 1000 bucks, you got to play on an NFL future, but at current numbers, wh who do you play? Let me think about that. Because I'm going to say as you're considering it – that I would look at Green Bay maybe as one of the ones I'd be picking, if not the first one, to be candid. You know, Buffalo pops into my head just because I think they're the AFC is so much weaker than the NFC. Mm -hmm. The and pathway. The path. It's it's path. Yes, the path is so much better for Buffalo, so they would pop into my head. Now, to me, the thing I like about Green Bay is, and I, it's more of a long term than I do think their defense is trending up, mm -hmm. right? And. I think Jair comes back at some point, right? So if they bring the best cover corner in the game, one of the Smith guys is still missing, also. Oh, so that, I mean, that's so a their problem. defense is still injured. Yeah. So and but the defense is getting a lot better. Yes. You know, I should know this. I don't. The the running back situation. How long is that injury? Is it? They think a couple weeks. Okay. So yeah, the theory is if you it's got an ACL. if you got your but sprained sprained. If you got your running back, you got the the real good cornerback. You know, I mean. I mean, and, and part of it's the payoff, right? Ten to one. I mean, it feels like a nice number. With mm -hmm. it feels like the thirteen and three, thirteen and three, it didn't lead to anything. Has people biased right now against Green mm -hmm. Bay? But week to week, they're not because Aaron Rodgers gets a lot of love in that regard. But there's there's skepticism about them in the playoffs. Yes, and justified. I don't know. A lot of it's random. You know, they could have beaten Tampa. They could have, for sure. For sure. Yeah. All right, good on that. Oh, you have a little more, AJ? Yeah, uh, it's Harrison Smith's back. Uh, he's been on— One of the Smith brothers. No, not he's a different one. Oh, okay. For the Vikings, they're oh, safety. Oh, okay. Uh, he's been on COVID protocol. And Patrick Peterson, who's been out since week six off the IR, I don't know if he'll play, 
but he did practice today. So well, if he practices, he's off the IR. You got to figure. So right? the Vikings yeah. have five key defenders that have been out the last couple of weeks, and it looks like three key guys still out. Well, you didn't mention that though. Yeah, it's, you were leaving it for AJ. There you go. <laughs> Again, his 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 uh, uh, manu- his interest in the minutia sometimes is good, sometimes it's not. But that's why I'm here. Is <laughs> uh, that I don't know the players as well. The D lineman from the, the Vikings, Hunter. Is, yeah. Him being out, it's been a couple games now. I mean, do we feel like that's like the big deal that maybe against a team like this we have a problem? Or? So what they did last week successfully against the Chargers and and the recipe to beat Justin Herbert has been to not play blitz. him and play they, him. They blitzed a lot. The Vikings did, and it was successful against Justin Herbert. And last year it wasn't. His hair looks good, though. But he has been checking down. He's been throwing his yards per his air yards per attempt against uh, against a blitz has like been cut in half this year. So he's taking less risks, and obviously it's it's not working for him. But they've they've had they've decided to because Daniel Hunter's been out. They're using more pressure from other places to you know because they can't get it with the front four. It's very good, AJ Hoffman. Last thing from you, Fez. Now, I'm guessing you like Staley's fourth down decision-making typically. Yes. There was a game, there was a situation against Minnesota that when I heard it, I go, he didn't go there. Did you happen to see enough to see those situations? I just saw the Minnesota end game where they went for it on fourth and two instead Zimmer, of trying a long field decisions goal. decisions that were a little bold. Yeah, no, maybe so not Zimmer was bold, bold. But against Zimmer's history, maybe. So I didn't see the Staley I think it was decision. Uh, you know something? Give me a drive chart. Uh, Mackenzie, look this up. It, it would have been earlier in the game. It was between the 35s, and um, it was like a fourth and six, and it would have been a punt ultimately. Can you find that hmm. spot? Yep, grab it. I just want to see what, what you think of that. I, I, speaking of that, we talked about it. We didn't ask Fez about it. The Atlanta first quarter derivative that we had last week, what did you think about Arthur Smith going for it on fourth and seven? at the 32 yard line instead of kicking the field goal that would have given us the cover. Yeah. Well, I disagree <laughs> with it, but let me, let me emphasize at a personal level. Think about how good this bet was on Atlanta first quarter plus three and a half. Or how good the choice between the game bat and the, this bet still wasn't good. If it takes a 47 yard field goal, you came up to us and said, you got to bet Atlanta. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all true. right. So we get train wrecked right off the bat. Goddamn coin flip. Dallas starts with the ball. Atlanta wins the coin flip Wait, and they defer. Kind of like you did with me with the Super Contest, but you guys both making them first. You made it. So my one loser, I had to bet. But I ahead. had the Lions first. So, so we, the only reason Second. we, the, the, I, and I mentioned, the, hey, the only way we lose is if we get the ball, you know, all this stuff has to happen. Well, we didn't get the ball. So now it's more likely that we lose. But still, Dallas gets a touchdown and we don't get a touchdown and we don't, we had a chance to get two field goals. And the fact when your team loses 43 to three and you almost cover, yeah, that's good. you had a good bet. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, the that best word. possible bet. That I agree with real quick. This is from Kevin Cole. I think I listened to him unexpected points, but it's something I've always thought, but I want to give credit here. He's quantified it. The time to go for it is when you're just out of field goal range. Or you're, if you get it, you have a touchdown almost assured. That dead zone in between, between the 30 and the 10, let's say, if you get to first, your chance of getting a touchdown isn't great still, right? And number two, a field goal has almost the same chance of being made from 47 yards than 27. Yeah, this is, this is really strong. So the only time 
that I would not throw a coach under the bus with a fourth and one choice to kick a field goal is when he's like on the 25 because yeah. you nailed it. It's like, hey, you know what? You're going to make the field goal whether you're on the 15 or the 25. NFL kickers make 42 yarders in good weather. And like you said, you get it. It's not worth seven points. You know, now you're how often you're going to score in the red zone? Eh, Two thirds of the time. Even if you're fourth and five from the seven. If you get a first, you almost surely have a touchdown. And if you don't get a first, you win. You, you pick up a point in in, in field position. That's You're winning. You're winning. It's worth the point to stick the other guy in their own, on their own five. And it doesn't feel like Atlanta considered that because no. the situation was it was like a 47 yarder. Fourth and seven from the 35 yard line. Like that's like the or now 32, maybe 32 yard. Oh, that see to me that's different, yes, right? right? They have a good kicker. Kim's so a good they've kicker. They've got the second best kicker in the league. All right. AJ, Idiots. your best bet. My best bet, speaking of, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're plus two and a half at the Kansas City Chiefs. And I just can't get to this number because what the number says is these are even teams. I don't believe that. I, I think the Cowboys are the better team. Uh, Chiefs. Are- uh, Steve, you, do you have this pick? Yes, I do. It's, yeah. this, I'm sorry. This is a one weight for me. Close. Yeah. yeah, and the Chiefs. It, Again, I think the Raiders, you talked about this. The Raiders just didn't have the correct game plan. They didn't do what every, what the, what's been laid out to them. Uh, and the cover two, soft show. Go ahead. It's actually a three-weight apology. My three-weight is Dallas. But, uh, but the Cowboys love to play their corners in man. They, will, they should have no problem. AJ convinced you in those couple <laughs> words. <laughs> they should have no problem playing the style that, that's needed there. And the Cowboys' defense definitely overrated. So let's take a second and explain the difference. Because – the Raiders, and, and I'd like you to explain it, the Raiders actually have done before this game very well against Tennessee, in the la- especially last year. So the question becomes, wait a minute. What, against what, Kansas City, you mean? Oh, I said Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, against Kansas City. So what worked well against Kansas City last year has now, it's not as if they're bad. Because in a weird way, you could make the case, really, Kansas City played about as well as they did last year. It's not like they played exceptionally well. It was like you could make the case that, Based on last year's results, Kansas City, the way they played this game was a little less than normal. But here, now that there's a new, there's an alternative way to approach it, and that way has been dominating the defense against Kansas City. Raiders said, no, we're going to do what we do. Gus Bradley had a quote I saw after, said, no, we do what we do, which to me is anti-Belichick, mm-hmm. right? But explain the difference between the, the, you know, the, the, the cover three and the cover two. So cover two, what's been working against Kansas City is – your two high safeties are playing as they're playing zone coverage. Your two corners on the outside are in man to man coverage. In a cover three, the two corners are in zone coverage. And the third is gonna usually typically be the free safety. He he takes the zone over the middle of the field. The strong safety becomes a rover who's playing the run or playing uh, against things across the middle, tight ends, t- crossing patterns, mm-hmm. things like that. That's what the Raiders did. And and it's funny because in a lot of ways, that's what you want to do if you think a team like a team who's got a good tight end, that, that's a good a good strategy. But because the Chiefs use their tight end as almost like a, another wide receiver, it ended up not working out. And the Chiefs threw a lot to the to the running back in this game, like more than they, they have before. They had the most yards after the catch, second most of any team the entire season yards after catch in that game. So the Raiders, clearly the the, the method that they went with thinking that they were just going to do what they do, it was the wrong method. Kelsey's looked banged up for most of the year. He certainly looked to have his mojo back and looked to be back to be 100% from what I saw in that game as well. So that certainly helped. You know, if I go back to the underlying numbers, 
Kansas City's just not very good. You know, if I look in terms of, you know, yards per play, they get, they gain less than six yards per play. They give up more than six. They are a below average statistical team. And the only way I can get to them being favored is if I have to heavily weight their priors and how good they were, the expectation going into the year, because Dallas has been such the far superior team this year. Uh, it's very, uh, let's face Kansas City's lane two and a half. So you've got a situation where home field's two and a half. That's saying these two teams are equal. Well, by the end of the year, maybe they will be. Maybe Kansas City will be better. But right now, Dallas is not just better. They're much better. And because of that, I see clear-cut value with the Cowboys. And I'm not surprised by this line. The reason I like this line, I like betting a line where the line doesn't surprise me. I expected it because... The public still loves Kansas City. There's a reason they went 3-16-1 against the spread, you know, because the public just loves to back this team. And look at the teams that have had success. Kansas City grades 32nd in PFF against the run. Not really a surprise. The teams with run-heavy game plans have had the most success against them. Cleveland, week one, they scored 29 points. They lose the game. They ran the ball at will. The Ravens, running quarterback, they scored 36 points on them. The Eagles scored 30 on them. The Bills, remember that game, Josh Allen ran wild on them. Mm. They scored 38 points. The Titans scored 27 points on them. The Cowboys have, obviously, not only they have a great running back, they've got a quarterback who's been willing to run a little bit. Zeke's so. pretty good, too, you know, along with Pollard. Thank I, you. I, I have I to say, I, I, I really thought that Zeke was, like, trending completely downwards. And he has completely surprised me the way he has focused. And he talked about he's as light as he was in college, and he's played very well. Which is all about the, the ebbs and flows of fame and wealth, right? When, when you're working to achieve it, you're working hard, you achieve it, you get fat and happy, you start feeling that fame getting ripped from you. I mean, we saw, I think, in the most seminal fashion on Entourage. When <laughs> you watch Entourage, I right? did. Uh, I'm having a minute. What was the uh, Vince? Vince. When Vince started losing his fame, he was ready to do anything to get it back. That's kind of my reference. When you referenced Seminole, I thought it was going to be a Florida State discussion. Uh, <laughs> so. That's good. All right. Um, I got to tell you, AJ, you started this year with an eye towards the matchups and, and starting to understand. It feels like you're stronger now. 10 weeks in by a pretty large margin than you were. Thank you. Do you feel like that's been one of your areas of growth? I, I would say so. Yeah. I, yeah, mean, I, I like it. I, I like sitting here with you guys every week. Well, but, that, but that's not our strong suit. I mean, I'm just starting to understand a little bit of it, but I mean, I think you're ahead of me with it and it, it's a good contribution. I think, um, did you? I went and got a soda and a drink, and went to the restroom. Did Did you talk about Dallas? And yeah, I talked about the priors and how the only okay, way yeah, you yeah. can arrive at this game. I mean, this line is saying these two teams are equal, mm -hmm. right? Kansas City lane two and a half. The only way that this can possibly be justified is if you wait significantly last year's power ratings and expectations because Dallas has not been better. They've been way better than Kansas City. Right now, I have Dallas a point and a half better than Kansas City, and frankly. I think it might be too high on Kansas City in terms of a yards per play. Kansas City's actually minus point four. I mean, it's pretty yeah. late in the year. But the I yards know, per play. Is I understand. I, I understand, but it's pretty late in the year to have a minus to blow up minus point four and still say you're an elite team. Well, and their yards per play have gone down over this over this win streak that they're on. Like, is, well, is I mean, and that's the thing. Before that's the thing to realize. Whatever we thought of Kansas City's struggles on offense up until. The Giants game, 
exactly. really wasn't that bad. Great offense and couldn't stop anyone. They then, were great. Yeah. But they had some turnovers, so it was like – and then what ended up happening was, if you think about it, is they had two in a row that were, like, horrendous. Needed the defense to bail them out, exactly, winning 20-17. to 17. Well, and the week before that, the week before the Giants game was a Titans game where they scored three points. And that's what maybe it, even I'm going back then, then the last three. Before. Yeah. And how about the Green Bay game? You know, where mm-hmm. I mean, if they don't have Jordan Love, they get crushed in that game. Again. You know? yeah. And then so the question is, is this week a sign that the last three weeks didn't matter and they're back? Or is it that, oh, look, the only team to not approach their defense this way. They look like they did before teams started approaching the defense. that Yes. Way. That seems pretty clear to me. So Agreed. I, the reason I can't play it. I think Dallas's defense is way worse than we thought. It, it's back to this concept of EPA versus success rate. Success rate gives you a yes or no mm-hmm. on every play. EPA means if you have a pick six, you get eight points or what, you know, like because you took the ball away. I think that in between the two is right. But in general, if a team has a much better EPA than a success rate by ranking, They've gotten lucky. They've had, and it, it, we can't say the interceptions Dallas has gotten are, don't have a huge element of luck. You don't think Diggs is going to intercept the ball every game the no. rest of the year? No. no. So to me, we're all looking at Dallas as if that's the truth. I don't think it is. I think it's a very good point. But yes. I think the question becomes if Dallas approaches the game the right way, because we don't think the Giants have a good defense. We don't think the Titans have a really good defense. They just approached it the right well, way. I don't know about the Titans. They might. I mean, that D-line's been as good as any D-line. What, what do you yeah, they've been, they've been winning with defense. I've been slow. I keep, you know, my narrative was, you know, great offense, can't stop anyone. And then you look at all these games, and even the win against the Saints, you know, they won that game with defense and with some favorable calls. And what's crazy is they, if that Chiefs game, I remember I was on the Chiefs that game because that was a game where basically the Titans' entire secondary had gotten decimated. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, how are they going to stop the Chiefs with no bodies back there? But the scheme is what stopped the Chiefs, not the bodies. But Tennessee's done more than that defensively. They've gotten a good pass rush since those guys went out. They've got they've done a really good job of getting to the passer. Here's the question on the, the Super Bowl future. Close your eyes and think about how teams could be. If Tennessee has Henry back for the playoffs, uncertain. And Julio Jones is able to stay healthy three games. Yeah, isn't this Tennessee team as good? Their best version of themselves might be as good as any team in the league. Yes. but And it seems like getting there is a lot easier than for other teams that we have to dream how they're going to play well. Isn't Tennessee a good value? I I think that's a real good point because I have Tennessee circled as a team I absolutely want to bet against right Mm -hmm. now. But that's not looking forward. Looking forward in the playoffs, and and you and know they're the favorite to be the one seed, and they're and and you know what they're built with Henry back in in the winter time in Tennessee in the playoffs. That's going to be a what's, real tough what's out. What's the best number on Tennessee to win the Super Bowl right now? One second, because to me that's something because my power rating is real low on Tennessee, but that's because no but, Derrick uh, Henry and yeah. you know and no and no Wait, Julio running backs don't matter. He matters. <laughs> He's an alien. I just think you're. You, I think you get stubborn. You get stubborn. No, I'm not stubborn. Mm-hmm. We know you're. We'll find sovereign. that out later on the show. <laughs> uh, you got that, McKenzie? Twelve to one currently at DraftKings. It's a pretty good number, I think. Boy, maybe not. I mean, nah, maybe it's pick, good. I'm just saying, if Green Bay's ten, they're going to be pick, pick. You know, in the playoffs at home, whoever mm-hmm. they play, they're going to be two picks, even if they get home field, and then they're going to be a dog in the Super Bowl. All right, next game. You're four way, Steve. 
four-way, we're going to go Houston Texans against those Tennessee Titans. You know this, and I also have mm, Houston as my uh, one-way, two-way, two-way. It's it's time to bet against the Tennessee Titans. This is this is betting optimal betting 101. You get a team that basically plays five perfect games in a row. That's good, not great. And now how did they get crazy by playing five more or? Would that be you're looking to fade him even more after 11? I'll just keep, you know, there was a book out there called The Underdog Theorem. And it talks about how you make money every year in the NFL by betting no team will go undefeated. So they say once a team gets to, or, or winless. And Do you have any ownership in this copyright? No. Okay, go ahead. No, but I mean, but directionally it makes sense that at some point when a team starts putting up win after win after win, and let's face it, really impressive the runs, but, um, you know, I think we've seen a little niches in the in the armor. I think the Rams win the fourth win they had. The, well, let me go the third one. The win at Indianapolis. Seven and a half point dog. The, the, yeah, the I'll get win. to it. I'll get to it. The, the win at Indianapolis was pretty much a coin flip, fifty fifty. They could have gone either way, but they they played very well. Then when they won, played against the Rams, Stafford was horrible. Turned the ball over. The Tennessee That's what defenses do. I understand. Well, you just said that Dallas's interceptions shouldn't count. You know, so they kind of. I mean, it was turnover driven. They statistically Tennessee. The one time the turnovers, interceptions that the defense causes, quote unquote, is when the pressure leads to erratic throw, and it felt like he was responding to the D line I can, pressure. I agree with that. I can go along with that, and I really think that what happened is that they basically landed on the number against the Saints, winning by two when they were laying two and a half. I think that that one was the game where if you bet if you bet the Saints, you cashed and you should have cashed. Saints, I think, should have won that game. I think that the Titans, all these high-profile, big matchups, game after but even game. If they lose that game in a coin flip, we'd all dismiss it like it didn't matter if they won or lost. That yes. So, like, and now they the got difference? New England on deck, and they got the little Houston Texans. AJ's I Houston Texans. A break. Flat pancake city. I have one question about AJ. I'm eating a a um, six-inch, seven-inch sausage. It is phallic shaped. I can't lie. And I'm just putting it in my mouth and chewing it, and you can't stop looking at me. No, I can't. What's wrong? <laughs> I don't understand. Are you that? Are you? I mean, it shows you how 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 confident I am that I'm willing to do this. <laughs> AJ said to me about a month ago. He says, "Fez, I've been eating super healthy. Uh, I just eat meat." Yeah, oh, that's the hack. That's, that's uh, super against, healthy. I'm not against him eating meat. I just I I wish that he would eat it. Not on microphone. I'm not on mic. I'm off to the. No, it's not about that. It's that me putting this hunk of meat in my no, mouth. It's the huh. the crinkle of the the wrapper before you put it in your that. Hold on. Can you hear this? Oh god. <laughs> we need video. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll I'll step away from the mic. Thank you. People are saying right now. I'd rather hear that with the RJ on the pod. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, I know. Well, I know. What you're saying about the, the, the Titans having a down spot, this it does make sense, although we've thought that for a while. And they had one kind of last week against the Saints, which, by the way, that was my number two pick that I sent you was the Saints last week. You're, you're saying the Atlanta wasn't in your top two? It, no, it was not. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I think Atlanta was three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just can't back this Texans team. I don't know what number I would back the Texans at. I, I, Tyrod Taylor was horrific last week. We've been betting Davis Mills. If you can bet Davis Mills, you can bet Tyrod Guess Taylor. what happened when I bet Davis Mills? You know something? I got shit you on. You just made the point. Everyone that's been snake bit by Houston said, oh, look, I have a reprieve. Mills isn't there. I can try again. And then we lost that one. 
that's when the squares go running for the hills. Yes, and you've got the situation, the winless team off of a bye. Okay, somehow they actually won a game, but it's still the same thing. No, got- I, I disagree with that totally. Really? I think the whole winless team off a of bye is they want to shut up the local newspaper guys. They want to shut into But something. you don't think the local media guys like AJ aren't like getting banned from like ever attending a game for like ripping not, on this it's team? Not, it's going to be intense. I mean, you've been there. I don't know if Houston was ever that bad when you were there. But what I'm saying is in general, that zero, they start saying. Cause well, they've, they've got to win. Uh, that that's his point. Oh, okay. Are you listening? Is he saying it, the same phenom- phenomenon of hey, you got one win, you got zero. It's the same thing. They need a win, and I'm saying no. That's zero. Uh, that's a good point. The bagel is much better for motivation. Because if you keep losing, you're going to be on the the worst list in sports of the O and whatever teams. Yes. So I think they're motivated. I just don't think it's the same. Like Ditka's team with the Saints when they went one and fifteen. That was the greatest mail-in job of all time, and they did have a win. Do you I, have to, do you I have think to... in division helps too. I think teams are gonna if you if you're half tanking, you're not tanking in division. Hmm. With the Titans, I know obviously we think the Titans have the division wrapped up, so they feel like maybe they can take off the gas a little bit. But we just talked about them trying to be the one seed. Does does that not motivate? I don't them? think I don't think you can be motivated every game. I mean, we've seen it, right? People get so I think it's going to be the ten percent le- less. In tune, you know, and it's a 17 game season load management. I mean, at some point, you got to be able to exhale and breathe, and this is the game to do so. Yeah, I, I mean, you could call it square. I want nothing to do with these Texans. They've quit. They're quitters. I don't think that's true. Well, I mean, I'm not saying this like, oh my god, you said they're quit. But what, what would you say is the same? I mean, I think the fact they're, they've traded away everybody who had a pulse on this team. You know, Mark Ingram, the, guy, the running back they traded to the Saints, is still the leading rusher on their team. Okay. They, they traded him three weeks ago. Like, and, and Henry's still the leading rusher in the league. Okay, <laughs> I think he's tied right now. But when you when you've got guys who, as soon as you trade that guy, they're like, this is bullshit. Those guys don't want to be. Nobody in that building wants to be there right now. Well, the way to get out is play well now and someone pick you up next year. And they do have a lot of veterans on defense, right? That would, you know, they're all playing for contracts. Right? Like who? I, I, I don't know the names. No, I, I don't either. They've, they've everyone, play, everyone playing is playing for a contract. I mean, that's the point, right? In the NFL, the short contract. Listen, teams, tell me the time that a team for two weeks in a row has looked like they're not trying. Any team in the league going back to 10 years. Miami the first two weeks when they were I tanking. think that's fair. And what happened after that? They won five games and went over four wins. All right, so my point is, in general, these are alpha males that don't like losing. And if the team doesn't seem like they really care, they might take a game off here and there. But once you have a stinker, the next week it's not a stinker. I feel like the Texans have done that twice this year, two different runs I believe that they had. It. Like, I believe it, but it's not the, te- the be- Texans have not had back-to-back non-cover games all year long. Is that true? It's back and forth. And somehow, doink, 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 somehow doink, I, I believe. Been- Am I wrong? Am I wrong? What was the? Hold on, hold on, hold on. He said a snap, and then he said maybe he's wrong. You don't have to like say, oh, oh you got that wrong. Well, I, mean, I put my finger up to say I think he's wrong. Oh, well, you maybe like I mixed up. Maybe I mixed up. Mad, Mackenzie. What do we got? The Detroit Lions are a perfect alternating win lose win lose. Oh, I'm sorry. The Texans Detroit. did lose twice against the spread weeks three and four. Just read me read me their wins and losses starting in week one against the spread. They say cover non cover cover non good. Week one, Jacksonville cover at Cleveland cover, Carolina no cover, Buffalo no cover. New England cover, Colts no cover, Arizona no cover, Rams surprising cover half point, and the and the Miami Dolphins they did not cover. All right, so I mean they're a bad team that is competitive in, a, in more than a few games. 
Yeah, I don't. I think Mills might have been borderline unbattable. I, here's the thing: Do we think, and unbettable on the road? He was terrible on the road. That's a good point. Rookies on the road have a. There's all this talk that road doesn't matter, and I think it matters less. Mm-hmm. But rookies do. It does matter. I think, and and and, and a few venues like Minnesota can have a home field more than usual. My last point would be this: is Taylor. We had what we saw beginning of the year, which was shockingly good for quarterbacking for Houston. Prior years, he was he was more, far better than Mills, right? I mean, what, four points better than Mills maybe per game? Yeah, so I got um, – where do I have Tyrod? I've got him uh, three and a half points better right now, and that's probably being conservative, frankly. All right, so then he has one bad game. And now all of a sudden we're jumping off the band, or is it too, last week? What was Houston? Last around? week, last week, or they bye. were off last week. Uh, so they're so, off a bye. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Teams I, don't tank off buys. No, this is a good spot. In, in a way, if you're looking for situational handicapping, this is probably the best game of the year. Yes, I, I agree with that. What I'm saying is, I don't. But think no the NFL are... team is so bad. Their power rating is not so off that you can that situational handicapping in this extreme doesn't matter. Okay. Because I would make the case that that t- Tennessee, we've been looking for a spot to fade. We're selling them high, and we're buying Houston low That's with, with the do. good quarterback. And you know what? We're going to look like idiots some of the time, but I'm okay with that. All right. Next, your four weight, RJ. My four weight. I, you know, my sausage is right here. What, what is it? It's the Miami Dolphins, oh. the, the team that got the team that gave the ball to the Texans five times and still beat them. Yeah, that that was. Oh. <laughs> it's funny. You and Feds are a lot alike. When you lose a game, you are mad at those. I didn't guys. lose that game. We had it in the Super Contest, and that was one of your pick. You oh, had them. Right. I did have that game. Yeah. Oh, listen to it. I, it lost. I didn't have that. Yeah. No way. Oh, no, you're right. Oh shit. <laughs> lost a lot more than I've won this year. Th- that's why uh, in the NFL, and I'll yeah. call it. That's why I actually liked that game so much because you hate the Texans and you had them. Yeah. It's like when McKenzie finally goes against the 49ers. Which he still hasn't done. Uh-huh. Well, it just cost him a thousand bucks because he'll just pay for a super contest entry. That's all. All right. <laughs> My thinking here is simple. I actually believe that we might have an example of tanking, but for one game. And I talked about this in the SOV, Steve. Why are the Jets starting Flacco? Why do you think? You didn't hear this, so let me hear you. Well, White was absolutely horrendous. All right. So do they think Flacco is better than White? No chance. No chance. Because you could say he was horrendous, but interceptions have a lot of luck to him. If you look at his body of work this year, he's certainly better than Flacco. The the ceiling on White is so much higher. We know know for certain that Flacco is an average at best backup quarterback. We don't know that yet. Since he played. So what? I mean, it's, it's been since last year, right? Yeah. You know, I looked up Flacco. This is interesting. Six years, dude has a QBR. A 47 through 54, he's the most consistent, mediocre backup quarterback I've ever seen. And, and six years would go back to when he started the last couple of years. With Denver and with other teams. I mean, this goes back through three but teams. But Lamar's only in his fourth season, and his first year, Flacco started half the year. Yes. Yeah, so this is going back to some of his ending years as a starter. But but every one of them, he's a QBR 50. Mm-hmm. But below average. What was last year's QBR? It, it, 50.3. And how many how many how many sna- uh throws did he have? I think he only played one game. No, almost. that's not uh oh. in 2020 he he played in 5 games. Oh, 5. Okay. He had 134 attempts. All right. He's a year older. Do we act like that year hasn't done anything to him? 
Yeah, he's turning 37 in January. Yeah, but he was old last year is what yes. I'm saying. And let's face it, the only reason Flacco was good was he used his wheels. You know, he could run. He was similar. He was like I, he was a poor man, Josh park. Allen. He was in mobile in the pocket. He, he wasn't like running down the field a ton. I, 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 I but mean, he got I, some rush yards when he was like 30. Mm. You know? I tell you, I tell you this, in Flacco's prime, I hated him mm-hmm. because he would th- complete a third and 17 uh, on a dime. Just other quarterback, he, he had his skill set. That's been a long time ago. And to me, this is what my premise is, and tell me if you agree with what the Jets are doing. They know that Wilson's disappointed. They're worried about the media and the crowd or the fans in New York, which they're rabid. Yes. They have ascertained that White is not a future starting quarterback in the NFL. Yes. But White has shown that he can have a game that causes excitement. Mm -hmm. Thus... They don't really care about winning these games right now because there's no practical reason to. I'm not saying they don't want to win. I'm saying there's not a lot of upside to winning games right now. Thus, if they say if White has one more good game all off season, there's going to be comparison about, hey, why isn't Wilson doing what White? By letting him keep playing till he hung himself and had that bad game, you can put him on the shelf and never let him see the light of day again. I agree with that. And thus, that's why they're not starting him here. Hmm. Right? Yes. And Wilson is – he can play, but he's not 100% yet. So why put him out there and in and, and less than 100% health? When you got Flacco, you acquired him, and eh, just trot him out there. You're basically throwing the game, like you said. Throw away game. So uh, Brad Bott said, okay, Mike White, his, he ranks 42nd on PFF, which means – his actual performance. Now I'd like to see his EPA during that same era – with the same minimum, and we'll see. And I'm going to make a major bet it's better. Or the QBR, meaning his performance, his, his um, stats are better than his truth. If we call the PFF the truth, and it's an imperfect truth, that's exactly the point, is we know he played better than 40 seconds. I mean, just look at the results. It was yeah. better. But he, the truth is his future, which PFF probably is able to quantify better, it's like a guy that shoots real erratic like has like a, uh, a Jamal Wilkes type jump. You remember Jamal Wilkes, mm-hmm. right? He used to shoot from like behind his back, and it was. If that guy makes four in a row, you're thinking that's not going to keep up, right? Mike White is not fundamentally a starter in the NFL, but he's played up until the last game like better than an average starter. You could make the case, but let's just say an average starter. Well, Wilson hasn't been close to that. Uh, well, here we go. Now check this out. Mike White, PFF, 42nd. Mike White, EPA, 8th. 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 I guess my thought is... That's just brilliant on my part. (laughs) He's trying to throw something at me passive-aggressively, and I just swat it down like a mosquito. I I guess I've heard you say if you got to look at these quarterbacks like lottery tickets. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're saying he doesn't have the – what did we talk about when we were talking about Gladwell and the whole you got to reach a minimum in physical matters or, or the talent matter? He doesn't have the minimum abilities to be a starter long-term in the NFL. That's the assessment. I'm not in a position to judge. But here's what I know. Mike White has been bouncing around since 18, right? Or what year did he come he in got the league? drafted in 16. For half a decade. And no one cares to hold on to him. You think they're all wrong? No. Right. 
right. Next. I didn't remember Joe Flacco being a running quarterback. I don't either. Are you, did you make that up? No, Possibly. first of all, he would not make anything up. No, he wouldn't. He might misremember. Okay, I just but that's don't, why I, I said, don't remember that ever being like part of his. Th- but here's the thing. I think, is Tom Brady a running quarterback? No. But his mobility in the pocket's one of his strongest suits. Yes. I think Flacco was like that. He could shuffle around and get those throws off. Like the Steelers had pressure on him times, and he got throws off. I, it just, you know, I'm not sure exactly what we call mobility. What do we call shiftiness? I personally think he was an unethical person. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not saying I have any proof of that, but I felt it in my heart. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's my handicap, meaning I believe that the team knows this. The team can't think Flacco's better. He wasn't even with them in camp. <laughs> and we could say, well, he was with the Jets recently. Yeah, it's a different coaching staff. This is a whole different system for him. First, first year Flacco ran for 180. Since then, very little. Yeah, so I'm thinking was, back when he was at Delaware. But he, well, he was mobile. Yes. He was mobile. Thanks for having my back. I think you're, No, but I told yeah. the truth. He yeah, was, it's true. I mean, he yeah. was. Now, I did it in a way that was nice and clean. AJ goes, I'm thinking I can make someone look like shit. <laughs> Steve, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's always my are goal. You, are, you, are you making that up? <laughs> Who's paying you to say that? <laughs> the Joe Flacco estate. <laughs> Uh, you guys, we need your take. I mean, really, and, and the last piece is, and we talked about this, this is from Miami side. They're playing for their jobs right now. And I'll give AJ credit. And I'm talking about the coach. I guess coaching for their jobs. I put, uh, we were talking about who's the best coaches. I put Flores in the top 10 this year. AJ said he doesn't even have a winning record. Now, I, I made fun of him for that. <laughs> But in truth, he was probably right. The sample, because of the Belichickian thing, I, I, I just thought, well, he's Belichick's guy, right? But in truth, he hasn't proven enough. He could get fired. I think Miami, we saw it on Thursday. They're playing hard. And I also think if you look at, this is back to the idea of EPA versus um, uh, success rate. Miami's success rate has been exceptionally good for a team as bad as their record. Their EPA has been bad. That tells you they've gotten unlucky with the big, big plays. I think Miami's underrated still. And I think the Jets are giving up, at least for this game. And I think the team knows it. The Jets players, you don't think they know that White's better than Flacco? Are you sure he's better than Flacco? I'm sure. The best Flacco can be is what he was last year. Mike White's better than what he was last year. In and do you opinion. think Flacco is like you know burning the midnight oil, going over the playbook? Like, here's my chance to get established again. He's a clipboard holder. He's like, this is bad news for him. He does, he, that's a good point. Does he even want to play? Do you really want to take? I mean, I saw everybody's all American. Those last couple hits you take can be the ones that really. It's a great Joe move. Theismann. Ooh. Yeah, but that's because the hit caused him to be the last hit. Alex but, Smith. Yeah. yeah. Well, he that got lucky and, do- and he dodged it, right? Mm. Uh, go, but go ahead. No, I, I just don't. I don't know that I'm certain that he has the eighth best QBR. Right. Oh, check, check that. Eighth, eighth, eighth best EPA. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. hope mm-hmm. with a younger quarterback. There's no hope with Flacco. It's you're, right. You're but what I'm saying is, like, is is my, let's say Mike White is somewhere in between what we saw last week, which was why would that be? Let's wait it the way it's waited. How many games you played? EPA is going to count for every play. Why wouldn't we do that? Okay, then. Are we like why? Why are we certain after this four-game sample, three four-game sample, that somehow he's better than a, a, a backup quarterback? I don't think I'm skilled enough to make that assessment. 
but I think that he's been with teams now for, what, five years? Yep. And they've all said no thank you. I trust the NFL knows what they're but doing. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that, what does that say about Joe, like him being better than Joe Flacco? It says that— Joe Flacco's never been like, oh. It says long—well, I think now he's like, uh, long-term, they, they, the, the listen, Steve, you can talk about this, too, because I got sausage in the side of my mouth, <laughs> is if you think about it, what is—and I want to do a study on this, actually. Quarterbacks that didn't—they weren't the starters entering the year. How do they do game one? How do they do when they come in a game, even before, you know, without being the starter? How do they do game three, four, five— how often does a guy go from a backup to a starter and he stays a starter for years? Hardly ever. Hardly ever. The, you have the Minshew phenomenon where a guy well, comes in, no one has any tape on him, he, um, he, he starts out, plays well, and then the more games that you click through, the more likely it is that he, oh, he is who we thought he was. Obviously Tom Brady. Well, Brady was like... <laughs> I think that's fair. He's a sixth-round backup who All right. yeah, came in. I think that, I think he's, that's he's the so, exception. So 20, he's the exception to every rule. Well, 22 years ago. <laughs> now, who else? Uh, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I can think of. So maybe the assessment – now, some of this might be selection bias where they're not given a chance to people that don't fit their criteria. But, listen, Minshew got a lot of stars. He shot put at the ball anytime it was over 30 yards. He has a nice mustache. Move on. <laughs> All right, what do you think of this game, Steve? Jets? Uh, I agree with your handicap. I wish I could lay three, obviously, instead of three and a half. But the mere I, fact— and, and You know what? I bet you'd wish you could lay two and a half. But the mere fact that you're laying three and a half when the line's 3.4, all the more reason it's probably the right side because it shows you don't care about laying three and a half. You're so strong on it, which well, I like. I think some of it's the movement, too. This was three. The, yep. market, the market said— And these are the wise guys, right? Freddie yep. Fanny Pack wasn't moving this line on a, a Wednesday— the minute Flacco was announced, the line jumped to half yes. a point. I think that's probably generous. To and I really it. like the fact that not only did Miami get that nice win against Baltimore, but their coaching staff did a fantastic job scheming up with the blitz against Baltimore. Here's obviously half a team a that is, yeah, that is really engaged with their job. You know, they came up with such a wonderful game plan to stop uh, Lamar Jackson. All right, next game. Uh, Fez's three weight is done. We'll go to your three weight, and it's so also mine. So what about you? I guess you could copy that. So it's all going to be Minnesota was my four, uh-huh. and we have the same three. So well, I'll... why don't I let you do it? Because I'm all eating right. sausage. Uh, we've RJ's talk. Um, it's the Saints uh, at the Eagles, and we've talked about this with the the offense of the Eagles, and it's plus two uh, for the contest. But the offense of the Eagles in the last four games really impressive. RJ brought this up on Straight Out of Vegas, and it kind of blew my mind. Because he said, you'll never believe who the who the best offense over the last four games was. And I was like, oh, it's New England. He's going to say New England. And he said Philly. And it it actually did blow my mind. And it's been very, very good. Obviously, they found something with this RPO stuff. They've run the ball really effectively. But then you dig into it. Those performances came against the Lions and the Chargers, 29th and 32nd against the run DVOA. Then Vegas, 16. Denver, 23. All so hold bottom on a second. half of the I'll, Hold on. 16 is not bottom half, first of all. Okay. All right. Second of all, that is true. Yeah, that's right. Um, second of all, I mean, you always skew it. You're the worst at this. Did you hear what he? I did? thought I was the worst. Yeah, I, it's a challenge. Here, here's the amazing part. He goes, I don't even remember what the stat was. It was the Super Bowl odds or uh, playoff odds. Oh, he goes, what the Ra- was it? The Rams? 
Um, yeah, it was the Rams. Uh, the Rams have only played three teams with better than One a 40 40 percent chance to win the Super Bowl. I'm like, where did he get 40? And I thought, I guarantee, I said it live on air. I said, I guarantee it that the next team they played was right around 40%. And he's like, 40 exactly. So here's what I ask you. You say tell the truth, right? Mm, yeah. If I said the Rams have played only one team with a with better than 50% odds, is that the truth? No, I, I think what you do is you say, first of all, I don't even blame you. I'm and just I was saying, asking you a question. I wasn't like trying to make a stand for the Rams. I don't give a shit about the Rams. I was well, asking you if give it a shit. Whenever you have an argument, you, you give a shit. But I wasn't arguing with you. I was asking your opinion. You were like playing devil's it, advocacy. No, you like I was asking you a question if it was worth if, if it was worth exploring how good the Rams really are because they have one win over a team with better than 40% playoff odds. I can imagine a friend of mine is dating a girl, let's say, of ill repute. Okay. And I said, listen, I got nothing against um, Brittany, but do you think it's perhaps worth examining with a little more of a critical eye her history as a whore? I mean, like, <laughs> like I mean, do you see what you're saying, right? <laughs> like, like, you give all these nice words. Okay. <laughs> all right. And all I would do in that case, first off, when I'm doing data now, I'm asking myself, because I used to be the guy that didn't care as much. I wasn't picking as many games. I wasn't as good at it. I mean, it's been the, since this podcast, I've started really focusing on it. I did when I moved here. And then I said, I'm not that good at this. And then I figured out how to get other people involved. Now, as I've done more of it, and, and I give Steve credit uh, a good bit, has helped me think these things through. And, you know, I've gone above and beyond that. But, I mean, it was, you know, his seminal work. Is uh, <laughs> All joking aside, I used to be, can I find, you know, they call it the, uh, uh, not the irrational endpoint, but the arbitrary endpoint. Like, Joe DiMaggio has a 50, had a 56-game hitting streak. Guess what? He did the game before that and the game after that. But you don't say 56 or 58 games, right? True. No, but is that? The, but if you're trying to find out how to predict the future, you can't do that. So I'm always back to me as a guy who's talking about tidbits on the radio. It's great. You can say the 40 percenter. If you're trying to get to winners, then I think what you do is you say, "Hey, Indianapolis has a 40 percent chance." After that, and then it's like you're giving them like, "Hey, it's not just you know." But that's my – I still don't always do that. It matters what show I'm on. If I'm on a show to pick winners with someone, I'm going to give them that, like this show. If I'm on the show – I'll tell you when I don't like parts of my own game. I don't like someone that never says what they don't like about their own pick. Because mm -hmm. it means they're not being honest. They, got it. they can't think it's the perfect pick. Right. I want to hear both sides of it. But that's why I'm me, you know? I mean, it's just – people appreciate the truth. I don't tell them all the truth about my, you know – college days and well, some of the stuff I did. That. I mean, you know. All right, so continue. Okay, how about this? The the last four defenses, run defenses they played, have an average DVOA of 25th against the run. Is that a fair way to put it? Because it so takes out the 29 the and 32. Them, yeah, two of them went to bottom. Two, that sounds right. Saints but, stopped the run, right? Saints are the best against the run in the league. Number one DVOA, number one yards. By the way, play. this is my pick, too. I know. All right, so go ahead. I know. It's the thing. Like, it's, it's an but I just want to give it the truth. That's all. I don't, okay. Because what you're trying to do is diminish Philly. And, Fez, who has taken the most money in the last month? Or Eagles. Five? Just gargantuan line moves from plus three all the way to pick in multiple games. And when they lost, people said they're wrong. I said, hmm, it's an opportunity. And that plus three was a nice one last week. It was. I, I just I do think though that now they face a defense that absolutely is going to stop the run. 
the last time they ran into a team they couldn't run against the Bucks, who are happen to be the second best team DVOA against the run. Uh, they held him to 100 yards rushing. Jalen Hurts had one of his worst games, 46% completion, and, a, and that's against a secondary that's very beatable in Tampa, 38 QBR. I'll, I'll probably, like, for me, like, I, get, I like this for the contest until I bet it. I think, the like you said, the money that's been coming in on Philly, I want to wait and see if that money comes in on Philly and see if I can get better than two. Uh, but... I also, I'll, I'll, for the contest purposes, I like I like the Saints here. I also, I'll, actually, I'll do, I've got a derivative for it, but I'll let you give your Saints first. So, Fez, my thought is this line means Philly's arrived in the market because I don't think there's any case you can make that they're underrated here. Yeah, it's a good point because the Saints are better than Philly. The Saints are better than Philly, and Philly's laying two, so the point spread tax is hit. The matchup probably is such an advantage. And the matchup's good for the Saints, just as we've documented. Simeon has performed better than people expected. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And it's starting to be a trend with Sean Payton, right? Teddy Bridgewater, 5-0. right? Yeah, and you hated Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. Guy can't tackle worth the lick. (laughs) Um, I also would make the following case. And this has been discussed by a few people out there. Is And I'm not the type that is like the minute a group bets a game, I'm getting a call about it. But some people, you know, especially people that spend time offshore, they tend to have some of those networks. But from what I'm hearing, there's one big group that's been betting the Saints a lot, one big group that's been betting Philly a lot. And it's kind of interesting because now they're seeing who's going to, you know, is it, they're going to respect each other. They're going to be betting. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I don't, let me, let's do the old RJ two point trick. So if you move this line, two points to pick them. Seems about right. right. Move it to four game of the year. Saints. That's why I think this line, there's not, it feels like it's stretched as far as it can because Philly looked great and the saints have lost. Yes. I agree with that. That's it. I, mine's simple, handicap. I don't have to run him through a bunch of uh, 28, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's I good. He's got a derivative, too. Oh, go with it. Uh, I like the first half under 21 in this game. And I think because they're going to see a team that they have a hard time running against, I think it takes them some time to adjust to that. In the Bucks game, the first half for Philly was touchdown, which included a 50, 55 yards of penalties on that drive against Tampa. And then the la- for the rest of that, they put up 38 yards over their next five possessions, four three-and-out punts and an interception. And the Saints have been running a conservative game plan, particularly the scripted part of the g- game plan with Trevor Simeon. Six total first-half points in the two games that he started. So I like under 21 so, in the first half. So the I Saints, like the, the last two games, first-half unders, game over. So clear cut pattern. And one of those game overs was three, nothing with two minutes to go in the first half. So ultra conservative saints to start the game. That could be a reoccurring theme. Let's think about this. A team's doing something. They have another gear, but they want to see if they can continue doing what they like. Those seem like first unders early. Cause the theory is that now Belichick would probably come out with something totally different, sure. but they want to see if they can beat this guy or this team this way. Boy, I, I wonder how we quantify that. It'd be something like, okay, use a football outsiders or whatever, mm-hmm. is if we have a, a top run versus a top run D, do those games tend to go under early? Because I used to, back as a kid, I used to think, oh, I want to bet those under for the whole game. It doesn't acknowledge teams will transition from that, but they're not going to do it immediately. Right. They're going to see if their way works. Hey, sure. You don't have to like rub it in. You had a good point. Oh. 
So I like that. Like yeah, full indoors. Now, can, is there any chance we get to 21 and a half? I mean, looking at the conversion, what the number is. It's 43. Like it's 43, so it's possible we'll get a 21 and a half. You know, what's interesting, it is important. It's not as important as you think it would be to get 21 and a half. Most of the time, you know, 20 is more common than, than 21, but 21 is still an important number. Yeah, I, I walk for like a mile to get grapes 80 cents cheaper. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'll take the 21 and a half. There you, you go. Know. Anything else on this one? That's it. Steve, you didn't give us much on this. What's your thoughts? I think you. I think you nailed it. Why don't you have the Saints? <laughs> because I've got. You're because no, I'm not scared. It's because You're I've, seen money, I've seen you money. I've seen money. I've seen money pile in on. No, I'm not scared of Vito. But I, Vito might <laughs> I come in. Vito. Vito might come in on Philly again, and maybe I get three. Asymmetric. Oh, so, so you're going to play this for sure. Yes, but asymmetric risk. I'm on my bet. I want to wait for three. You know what? And if if it so happens that the line collapses down to pick, who cares? I'm taking plus one instead of plus two. But I might. Even if there's a small chance I get three, I'm going to wait for it. RJ, did you see he copied me on that? Well, I was thinking the asymmetric risk. <laughs> I copied years, RJ. Yeah. Years he gave credit for that. He, now he said, you know, it's been long enough. Maybe I don't need to give credit. <laughs> oh, FanDuel has under 22 right now. Rather have 21 and a half. Oh, but it's minus 20. Yeah. I, how much is 20 to 21 and a half to 21? That's probably not even think worth fifth. the time. I think I, I think I think maybe twelve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we would like we would rather under twenty two minus twenty than yes. twenty one flat. Yes. All right. Oh, Mackenzie, this is actually pretty good. So the Rams, he goes, do we want to diminish the Rams somehow because they're in the 49ers division? He says, what do you think of quote Rams don't have a win over non last place team since week three? What? That's a good point. Is that true? Is that even true is the first question. It is true. They beat the Seahawks last place, Giants last place, Lions last place, and Texans last place. Are you slurring? Only always. Come on, Archie. Are you you eating salami? (laughs) No. I love salami. (laughs) Oh, man. There was a place called Delalysis, right? And it was a little hole in the wall with a brick oven from, like, the 20s. And they used to make bread. It was, like, 79 cents Sesame's a loaf, like a jumbo loaf, a loaf as big as a baby for 79 cents. We get the salami and the pursuit. I like Swiss, but other people, you know, pepper jack too. Provolone. But, uh, provolone's for pizza, in my opinion, and subs. I like provolone melted. Okay. You get the hunk, just hunk, rip it off, right? Put the salami in there, put the cheese in there. Eat it. It's like half of it's, you know, the crumbs are falling, but mom will get those. <laughs> that was my thing. Salami's my favorite lunch meat. Is it? Yeah. My, my ex-brother-in-law was a member of the Italian-American club in Monterey. Okay. Pies on. Those guys know how to eat. <laughs> oh, my God. So this was your sister's ex-husband? Yes. And he was Italian? Yes. Were you scared of him because he was Italian? No. <laughs> It was very nice. He took me to his... Yeah, well, that's what you do with people you're scared of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the sun. We have the Sons of Italy back where I grew I don't know. I think that's a national... Was that what you said it was? It could have been. I don't recall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat some more salami. Fez, you're too weight. <laughs> too weight. Want to go with the Chicago Bears. Catch... I have that, too. What weight is that for you, RJ? What is it? I, oh, that was one of my considerations. Considerations. Okay. You know, host, hosting Baltimore. I want to be honest about this one. 
So I'm gonna pull back. I'm gonna pull back the curtain a little bit. I have access to an account. A friend of mine has a friend that bets on this account. Mm-hmm. Vito, we'll call him. Vito is extremely profitable in his wagers. So as I've been prone to do every now and then, I just log in the account. I peek. I peek on what he played. What's this? Boom. Max bet bears. Now, he makes a lot of max bets. That's not such a big deal. But here's what's interesting. Not only max bet bears, max bet bears money line as well. This is extremely rare. It does happen. And Vito... an example of trying to get where you have almost an open water and you're saying, hey, I like the spread better, but I can get double the exposure this way. Right. So he didn't get the very best number in the marketplace, all right, by when he bet at this book, but he was able to bet it quiet under the radar be- until I opened my mouth. So the fact that he went ahead and popped the money line on top of it for a max bet, which is extremely you're rare. You're not scared of Vito. I'm scared of Vito. Okay. Vito knows what he's doing. The Bears are the right side. So this game didn't even make my radar. I thought it, I, my power rating had the number correct, and I'm like, you know, the Bears, I don't know if there's a matchup going on. I know the Bears off of a bye. Good spot for them. But Baltimore embarrassed. Yeah, Mini quarterbacks bar. off a of bye. We haven't done that study. Mm. You would think if there's any time to catch your breath, put in a, a more scripted game plan. Well, that's a you know that's a good point. And Fields has been playing much better recent no doubt, recent no QBR sixty four fifty six. So he was terrible to start the year, and he's really trended. Terrible was generous. Yes, and ten rushes for one hundred three, eight for forty five. He's been running the ball, and it. I like what he does in that he doesn't just panic and take off at the first sign of trouble. He's making good decisions in terms of all right. Now's the time to get out of the pocket, and he'd still look downfield, and then he'll tuck it and go. So I I think what's happening here, Vito is buying on fields and his improvements. Doesn't even matter, though. Doesn't matter. So what you're telling me, we weak? What about Peacock? Peacock went and hanged out with some Dominicans. What about Shorty Boy? Shorty Boy went and cleaned his old act up. What about Eggie Mule? Eggie locked up, caught a nickel with the fast for a pistol. All right. That might be one of the coolest lines I've ever heard spoken. <laughs> Can you translate it? I couldn't understand it. He says, Eddie's locked up, caught a nickel with the feds for a pistol. Caught a nickel yep. five years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. With the feds for an illegal gun? Yes. Five years? Yeah. It's some of those Midwestern. No, I mean, right? listen, the funny thing is, like, New around York? Vegas, for whatever the mandate is uh, nationally, they get involved in, like, you know, they'll get, like, you know, uh, a rat or whatever, someone that's co- cooperating witness mm-hmm. with like a big, they're moving pounds of like whatever. And they're like, you stay on the street. We just want to hear about the guns. Mm. Like the gun, the feds are so serious. I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong at all. I think it's political, right? Everyone kind of knows there's drugs, but you see it's uh, some shootout or something. That's how mayors don't get elect, reelected. Yeah. I think in general, you hear the seriousness with the guns is crazy. And again, not crazy as in wrong, extreme in a way that would seem maybe unlikely. You know, my buddy Barry was in Indiana and he crossed. It'd be the funny b- if he goes. He used to be a gun runner. No, <laughs> he had uh, he had a license, concealed permit, and he crossed the border to Illinois. Was it a uh, reciprocity? That's what they said. No. No. So he got pulled over and the cop said, you know, it's no problem at all. Just want to, do you have any firearms? He's like, yes, I have a concealed carry permit. It's right here. Pulled a gun right out. Boom. Off to jail, 90 days. What else should he get? Wow. You know? They take it serious. They do. I mean, I think it's like even. No record. Nothing. Yeah. And, but in a way, it's a very smart way to go at crime 
in a way that is almost like not almost like but you know how they say there'd be no uh shoplifting if you cut off their hand for it right mm. if you had draconian but in a way if you get caught with a gun you could say what did they do nothing right yeah. but if you go to wait five years for that you're effectively making it so draconian how do you do crime if you don't have guns but when you say that you could have said the same thing about the war on drugs but but I think you could say the same thing about the war. Well, here's the difference. It's a great question. When your choice in the ghetto, in your mind, is be, live a life uh, on your knees, as they say, versus live a life in which you probably get killed and pro or, pro or probably go to jail, but you have some time where you're not on your knees, a lot of people are going to accept the, the risks. right? So I think in general that 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 uh, the culture in the inner city in which like you're either if you like, think about it let's say athletics right the best thing an athletic program in high school could ever have is winning games and you see those eighth graders or seventh graders they walk by and they look remember the first season of uh when when jason street that first episode they were the kids in like eighth grade were talking to him like he was Peyton Manning. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna be Jason Street. Exactly, and that's that's who you look up to. Well, who in the in, in a typical hood, who's getting looked up to? It's the kingpins, hmm. right? So in a weird way, you don't. There's not. Doesn't seem to be a clear other way out to them, to the kids. I get if you were super smart, you could say, well, gut through this. Not even smart experience, an adult perspective, whatever. So, so I don't think anything, like imagine if someone, I don't even want to name an atrocity, but imagine if someone committed an atrocity to someone you loved. Would you be thinking, well, I'll let the, I mean, you would, you would go in and, and, and try to chop their heads off with a machete, no matter if you were going to get caught or not, right? There's a certain point that your, your welfare wouldn't matter. Yes. I think the same thing happens here. It's not about five years versus three years. That's how Fez is going to think about it. That's how a businessman's going to think about it. What's the risk? What's the reward? These guys, it's like I either can live as a, as a you know, B-I-T-C-H or I can live like a man. And I don't think they calculate that way, you know? But, but, but I do feel like, and you know what? A lot of these politicians don't mind putting, and there's a reason. Like X number of African Americans are in jail, and it's disproportionate, yep. as people say. We can debate that or not. The part to me that I find egregious is the same crime, same situation. One gets something, the other one gets something. To me, that is racism, right? Is if one guy's getting nine years, the other guy gets three years, and the only difference is one's white, one black. No, but if someone is doing, but oftentimes the difference is one has a public defender and one doesn't. A pay lawyer, as I said. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think, listen, these are all complicated issues. I'm no authority on any of it. I have watched The Wire a few times. That makes you an authority. <laughs> it, it, it does give you more insight than not watching The Wire. But I do think that it doesn't bother a lot of these politicians to put a lot of blacks away. Because you know what? They're not causing trouble there, in Sh theory. Should the kid that shot Omar have gone to prison? He, he, he could. You can't put a, like a nine-year-old nine kid in prison. I think, I think you have to. Try him as an adult. So, or cut his hand off if he steals candy. <laughs> do you really believe that? No. <laughs> I, was, you, I was making a joke because you like. You how's it funny about, though? Though that's we what we're I, talking about the wire aficionado and like it, like we were talking about gun charges and what would you would do with a nine year old kid? It was just I was. No, I I, I could see you asking the question, but why would you lie about the, what your answer to it would be? You said you wouldn't put him in jail, but you said like I totally get asking why what my position on that was. Why would you so? No, no, I'd put him in jail.
Well, I was being sarcastic because it's, it's a nine-year-old kid. So you think it's so absurd. Right. I thought that was such an – like, you can't try a nine-year-old as an adult. I have a nine-year-old who's got a mullet and a skateboard. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine him going to real prison. It's absurd. Now, the funny thing is the people that do crazy things like that or kids that do, like, really extreme things, they put them in the system till they're, like, 25 – and, and and they say, I mean, we saw this in The Wire, four season, when Randy got put into the group home and stuff, it was like he had no chance. Like, yeah. Uh, and that's the case. So in a way, if you're saying it would be so draconian to put a kid in jail, but in a way, we're putting them in a, in a system that's going to guarantee that they don't Good have a good life. So, hey, listen, it's complicated. He probably should have gone into that system at a minimum, though. He did shoot Omar. But I don't think they caught him. I don't know if they did. You know, the last thing, you know the funny thing about that? Is the kid, I forget his name, the name ends like with an N, his characters, it's like not Melvin, but it's like a very specific. Canard? Yes, Canard. If you watch this show closely, starting in season three, now Omar doesn't go down until season five, Mm -hmm. Canard's around. He's around, like when, remember when Cuddy was walking up and he didn't shoot, like he was going and then he told Omar this life isn't me, or, or not Omar, he told Barksdale that this wasn't my life anymore. Kennard's back there playing, and Kennard was considered the. But he was he was hurting a cat, like he was you know animal cruelty being like the sign of yeah. his. Like they had him play as this because the whole show they were saying this next generation are the crack babies from the crack babies, and I, and the, the one dude goes, oh I'm so sick of hearing that, you know. And the theory was that that the Avon was not as hardcore. I always have trouble with the guy with the scar. Um, Omar. No, no, no. Oh, he had a scar too. But the guy that was that took down Barksdale, oh wait, Marlo, Marlo, is he was more hardcore, right? And then Avon, and then the theory is who's taking over for him, right? And remember, there's a time where they're having a decision about uh, the the dude who was Prop Joe's guy. He was his like um, nephew. Yep. And they shot him dead right there. And he goes, that's for Prop Joe. That's for Joe, he said. And the other guy goes, damn, you should have got his money. Like, there was some buy-in they were going to do for the Greek connection. And then no one cared about Prop Joe, right? And and the dude did, right, Slim. And it's like he's the one. And you would think, oh, he has humanity. He has a chance. But what the show is saying, no, that's getting weeded out. And if you're weak, that's weakness, and who was the one guy on the, the – when David Simon, last thing, when he talked about who the, he, the toughest dude on the show was, he said the Greek. He said the Greek was pure capitalism. He represented nothing else mattered. It was money. He didn't care about anything else. And you know what? He was the strongest. He was the one that was pulling all the strings and wasn't even – as he said, I'm not even Greek, you know? <laughs> and and that was Simon's theory, is the humanity of it, if it's truly capitalistic, which I've always been Mr. Capitalist, right? Darwinian, is anything other than that is a weakness. And thus, if we let that win, then inevitably the lesson's going to be that's what a winner is. That's how you win. You don't think about anything but capitalism. And maybe, because you know what, as much as we can say that isn't good and we should have safeguards, but it does China. And if China doesn't, how long before we lose? Yeah. Right? So maybe that the whole humanity is moving towards, you know, we were talking about your ties to the Nazi party a while back. <laughs> is, <laughs> Don't joke about that, please. <laughs> but, but really, you think about it, ultimately, 
does that win? Because we always think the rainbow, you know, arches towards justice, but does it? Stay tuned. Deep thoughts. Speaking of justice, Steve Fezzik, has he got the next game or who's got it? Uh, think we got a two eight from one of you guys. Uh, yeah, AJ's got to have a pick at some point. Yeah, RJ had Houston, so mine is the Washington football team plus three and a half at the Panthers, and both teams coming off huge wins as underdogs. I'm not as sold as the market seems to be on Cam Newton being an immediate impact positive. I think at the five yard line and in, sure, it's a good thing. Uh, I don't know about him coming out and being some sort of huge upgrade even over Sam Darnold or P.J. Walker with no time in the system. The, the the Brady offense is not an easy one to learn. I don't know that Cam is just going to show up and jump in and suddenly be MVP Cam Newton again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That doesn't matter. The only question is, is he— But it moved the line through three, a point and a half through the three. Okay, so but let's—it let's, doesn't have to be—first of all, P.J. Texas Ranger, <laughs> whatever his name is, is as bad as any, I mean. Not with the Houston Leathernecks, he wasn't. The Roughnecks, not Leathernecks. Get it right. XFL. Should put some respect on that. Undefeated. So, so my point is, 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 he, is he materially better in your mind? I, I don't know. Okay. Wow, I'll take, I, I do know. He's, he's, he's materially okay. you know, You know why the answer is so clearly you're correct, Steve? It doesn't even matter. If the team gets excited at a time when <clears throat> that's uncertain, that's worth a point and a half. Right. Not to mention, what is Carolina's weakness in the red zone? How many times do we have to see C-Mac, you know, get cued on by the defense, keyed on, and get not be able to get in the end zone? Boom, Cam comes in, runs a couple plays, red zone deficiency solved. So you're saying that the inefficiency of Carolina in the red zone is particularly benefits from Cam's skill set. Yes. But you dismiss that. Do you do you feel like that the team's morale is irrelevant? No, no, I, I didn't. I'm sorry, I, I dismissed. If you thought I dismissed it, because I don't dismiss it. I think that this is the makings of the team. It's like depressed. Darnold does not inspire, and oh PJ Walker is not a starting quarterback. And now all of a sudden, you've got a former MVP. I think the team is ultra excited. And let's face it, this season was slipping away. Now all of a sudden, boom, they're five and five. They can make the playoffs. Well, if, if I'm not mistaken, if it ends today, they would make. Is a that play. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I do agree with you guys that the there is some motivation factor to him being there. But PJ Walker just played Walker Texas Rangers. You call him. That was his best game against Arizona. He, he like between and he mostly he played between the twenties. But and are we sure he won't? I, I don't know. That that's that's kind of. But I don't think that Cam. The addition of Cam should move the line as much as it moved it from the look ahead. So I just feel like so moved from one and a half to three and a half. Is that correct? Yeah. Boy, I tell you what, Cam Newton's a big upgrade. I mean, Cam Newton threw remember four passes Cam, last week. Remember now, Cam. Now I think that this gets more complicated in a way that's positive for AJ's argument mm-hmm. when we talk about being in a new system. But what we know is Cam was down to the wire with Mac Jones. It wasn't like an easy decision, right? So obviously they made it late in the pro. It would have been easier if they made it earlier, meaning that it would have gave Mac Jones more time in the preseason. Get you know, Belichick wasn't sure. So how bad can Cam be that Belichick entered? Remember, the, when I tell the story of Belichick in 20 years, my last podcast, well, is I'll, I'll say the following. This mother effer knew that he was against Brady. He knew the only way he could possibly win that battle was to get a good quarterback. He was sitting at 15. 
there was rumors Mac Jones would go at three. At 14, he's asked, do you want Minnesota, do you want to trade up? He says no. Mm. The Jets, he, now there's a, there's a trade. No one knows who's going to jump up and take Mac Jones. Belichick's just this, like, alligator blood. I mean, that's the only thing you can say. And, oh, th- they didn't take him. And then Mac Jones then 15. I mean, talk about you can't stare at this guy. How do you win a game of chicken with Belichick? His whole, you could say his legacy's on the line. And what would he have to give to go from 15 to 14? The fourth, fourth rounder. rounder. Uh, maybe not even that. Mm. No, no thank you. And you think about what's the odds of that fourth rounder, if he does become something, it's not going to be in the next couple of years right. when Belichick's going to maybe be gone. Dude lives it. I'll tell you that much. So uh, the other thing is the the football team, their running offense has been better. Uh, Antonio Gibson being back healthy. He ran against the Bucks last week, and nobody runs against the Bucks. Uh, so Now, Vita Vey is out, and, and, I mean, at what point in the game did he get hurt? You know? uh, I don't recall exactly, no. So I I, I don't know. I, I do think Gibson got counting stats. I don't think he was effective. He was three yards per carry. Okay. So, so it was a volume game that they yeah. – yeah. And a guy who didn't have if you can the run... greatest counting stats but was very effective was Taylor Heineke. You agree with that? Yes. Oh, yeah, his game, his career. Now, how much of this is just for whatever reason this Washington team matches up well with Tampa? Because that's – you can make the case Heineke's two best games – have yeah. been against Tampa Bay. That's a good point, yeah. But I think in general, Washington's another team whose um, success rate was a lot higher than their EPA, and that tends to regret, it tends to be a great indicator of an underrated team. But but Washington did, did get injured in the game. So uh, What, Young? Yes. And who else? Uh, they lost one other key guy. One second. Why is that? Mis- uh, Sweat is out there, linebacker. Their best linebacker's out. The guy you didn't know his name is yeah. their best linebacker? Yes. I'm sweating sure? not knowing it. Very aggressive. I'm not so sure. How about Ron Rivera versus Cam? Is that a factor here? I think it's a huge advantage for Washington. I don't even think it's close. Yeah. I mean, I got Washington, right? Nope. Oh, that was one of my picks. That was one of your – Chicago and Washington, I think, were your last two cuts. Well, then I actually made a mistake. Let me see, because I really like Washington mm. here. You like them better than mm. – yeah, I don't know. Let's just say this. I'll throw it out there. I'll, I'll, I mean, for the record, it'll be You'll what it is. You'll endorse this. Yeah, but what I'm going to say is this. I do believe there's advantages to Cam being there. But it does feel like to me that it was a big move. With uns- I think Cam will eventually be worth this. I think the first game, he's mm-hmm. got a point about learning the system. Mm-hmm. And I also think that you're going to get the biggest, yeah, off of the point where Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold's on the books for 19 million next year. It felt like the entire, it felt like the in, entire future of this team, or at least the next year, is already in the toilet. Mm-hmm. People are starting to say, "How good is Joe Brady?" Because I think that's a valid question. What do we? I mean, Joe Brady was with with with, with the Saints. Mm, I wonder who had the most influence there, Sean Payton or him. Then he goes to LSU, but now we're saying, "Wait a minute, Burrow's really good." And I think that's fair. And the receivers there were ungodly yeah. good. Yeah, they had like five first rounders. Yeah, maybe, maybe he, you know, Brady's not the superstar we thought he was. And, and what has he done for Darnold? Nothing. He looks w- as bad, if not worse, than he was with the Jets. But he, he had four he good games. Smart for for Darnold. For Darnold. So my point is, I think the whole team probably got perked up. With Cam coming back, though the the contract was insane, they paid him more than the Patriots were going to. 
think about that. He's been on the scrap heap for mm-hmm. 10 weeks. <laughs> And they got to pay him more. So I, I think I heard on SOV like twenty eight million or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, look at look at him putting the knife in McKenzie. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I'm like, it's the funny thing is I'm screaming. He, Pages hardly paid him, and it pops up. AP reports eighteen million dollars. Fourteen million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking two years. I'm sorry. But can you imagine? I mean, like you think he would double check? I mean, how often do I make a point? Without the data, and the, and I'm just opposite of it. I'm recollecting. I don't think it's maybe, maybe once or twice maybe once in or twice. five years. So I'm going to be wrong a fair amount, but I'm not going to be way. I'm wrong. not going to be like opposite. Yeah. Instead, he puts that up so quick. I, that's the only time I've ever got mad. At him, I'm that mad on air. AJ, you said I, I I was worried you forgot you were on air. I was. I thought he <laughs> I, I thought he was like uh, he was thinking we were on the podcast and he could just say whatever he wanted. I was like, oh no. Wait, what are you saying happens on and off the podcast, AJ? I'm saying that sometimes <laughs> on the podcast when you fuck up, he tells you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a little straight. It's a little straight, no doubt. The funny thing, he's trying to hang you there. You got, this is very Darwinian. Somehow I'm not scared. <laughs> somehow, on your feet. somehow I like this. I'm in my element. All right. Anything else on this one? I think that's it. Next game. Uh, Fez, your one weight is also mine. All right. Oh, no I, way. This is my one weight. I need five picks. Well, you'll laugh oh, when no, you quit. back and I'll just give the Buffalo. Here it is. Buffalo yeah. Bills minus seven against Indy. I'll make this short and sweet. I know Buffalo's played a cupcake schedule. However, they have had six wins. All blowout wins. Well, listen to my handicap first before you decide. I'm going to bet 600. They've had... They're 0-3 in close games. Close game lost Pittsburgh at Tennessee at Jacksonville. So Whoa, 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 whoa. Pittsburgh? Yeah, that was the block. Remember AJ made the case Pittsburgh? about the, the, yeah, the block punts. It wasn't a close game. It was, that was a close game. Mm-hmm. They were up 10-0 at halftime. How can it not be close? Pittsburgh won by a touchdown. Yeah. How was it a close game? Buffalo was ahead 10 at the end of the first half. Yeah, if they gave awards for that, <laughs> they would have won. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, also... What does Buffalo do on offense? They throw the ball. Against really bad teams. Yes. What does Indy do? Very well on defense. They stop the run. Indy also has both their safeties out. So I see the, the fundamental mismatch with Xavier Rhodes out and their other starting safety out that Buffalo can— probably their best. Dead. I don't know his name, though. But Yeah, there you go. So uh, I look at to Buffalo to be able to take advantage of that and torch the secondary, so I'm on the Bills oh. minus seven. Let me ask you, who have they torched? Let's get bad the Bills. teams. Let's bad get, teams. Let's get the Bills record up there. Let's take a minute and examine this. Mm-hmm. The, there's one person that had uh, Maddie Holt, maybe the head of the Bills fan club, or AJ. I'm not sure. Go ahead. Uh, the, Give us game by game, one at a time. The Steelers. Mm-hmm. And they lost as a seven point favorite. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was by uh, by the way by uh, seven. Yes. So it was not seven. It was seven the other way. Right. right. Go ahead. Uh, at Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And they won uh, 35 nothing. Yes. So Dolphins were one of the, what, five worst teams? Yes. I right, got Football team by 22. One of the f- six worst teams? They're not good. Uh-huh. Uh, Texans by 40. Yes. The wor- this is probably the worst team. Yet somehow you bet them against the Bills. I, the worst team can be Ooh. underrated. They're not. Uh, you didn't at, press the button. Had the, the Chiefs by 18. Um, yeah. The one win... They've been hanging their hat on. Sure. And let's be honest, I don't see an impressive win yet. I mean, that's impressive. That's it's impressive. A, it's half as impressive as we thought it was. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And then loss at the Titans by three. No, not impressive. Nope. Dolphins by 15. 
Okay. And again, let's not forget something about these dogs. You know, this Titan laws, I got I to gotta say, I think it's somewhat impressive. They're uh, 80% to seven win. Seven-point favorite, they lose. Who cares if they're laying seven? Well, they're, you do because closing line value is the only thing you worship. They're at the Titans, the team you want to bet to win the Super Bowl. This they're at the Titans, and they're down three. Where do you get the Titans on your power ratings, even after all this? Tenth. Okay, so they lost to the tenth-ranked team. Yes, but they're they're seventy-five percent to win the game with a minute but, to play. But here's the thing: you could arbitrarily stop at any point. There's hardly a team that. But does your fourth-quarter win shares will have them it's solid in that game. Well, let's see, because I think we looked at this and it really wasn't. Take a look, McKenzie. Yeah, they had a sixty-four. The that's it. Bills sixty-four. Did. It was almost a coin flip. They lost the game and they got a sixty-four. That's good. Now, who had the sixty-four? The Bills did. Okay. Right. No, what I'm saying is for them to only have a 64% chance to win a game that they're a seven-point favorite is not good. But, the, so but if you want to invalidate the line, you could tell any story. I understand, but you, you have to agree that the Titans are much better than we thought they How, were. Well, let's go back. Let's, let's look at another situation. How would you, Mr. Touchy Feely Faz, rate the motivation of the Colts? Oh, fully motivated. Mm-hmm. Need the game like blood. And last week, did, are they tired? Are they straining? How are they feeling? They got a big lead and they let up a little bit they and they coasted. They coasted. And, and the week before, how were they? I don't recall. Who was it? Was it Rams the week before or was it another easy game? They were a 10 point favorite against someone last week. Who was, was it? The Jets. They won by 15, yeah. 45 30. So yeah. on Thursday night? Yes. So this is a, and that was another one. They were up like 40 to 7. Or yes. Whatever. So they've had two easy games. Then that white guy was really good. Yeah. We've, they had two easy games. And and you look at the Bills. What are they really playing for? Did they get, who, who do they get next week? Oh, is it New England? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe a look ahead. Who have, the, who have the Colts beat, though, while we're talking about the Bills? I, I, amongst the top, the teams with a 12-1 to 1 or a chance better to win the Super Bowl? Here's the Colts. Here's the Colts wins. Dolphins, Texans. 49ers in the monsoon. Oh, oh, so wait, the monsoon was their advantage. The dome team had an advantage in the monsoon? No, I'm just saying. So we invalidate the game when they had a. You can make the case that's a more impressive win. Then take it because that's by far their best win. They were up 16 against Baltimore midway through the fourth quarter. You want to talk wind shears? That's a pretty damn high wind shear in that game. So I would make the case the Colts might be a top five team in the in the second half. Listen, Colts historically have started slow. Hmm? Wentz was injured, and Wentz is Wentz. Started 0 and 3. You look you look at the last games. I'm saying yeah, they won a lot. That's easy to say. The only game they've lost since the first three was against the Ravens, right? They lost against Tennessee overtime. Which, again, let's be candid. Good game. No, it was more than a good game. I mean, they were up 14 Or they were up 14 zip. And then they were out in the play. If I'm not mistaken, it was a lot like the Patriots and the Dolphins where there was a fumble when they were driving for the win in in overtime. Yes. Come on. We gave the pass. I mean, what I'm saying is the Titans, of all the games they played, what was their toughest game? Buffalo? And the Colts of this win streak, right? Yep. They beat the Rams easily. They seems like these teams are about even. I'm not sure the Colts aren't better than the Bills. Oh, I'm come really on. not. Hmm. Why? What have they done? If the Bills didn't do what they did last year, what have they done? What is that Bills win? And what is it? What is interesting? It's better. And the Chiefs winning. aren't any good. I, 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 I don't want to make your case. I don't want to make the case for you, but you talk about last year. These teams did play in the playoffs, and remember, they seven point line there, and three, and, and Colts by covered three. easily, and could have could have gone it. the other way. Mm-hmm. You're right. I, this to me, is it's a, my, my my fifth pick. I had to have a fifth pick, and luckily I looked I, at the fundamental. Luckily, mismatch I pressed there. the button on yes. you too. Make your case, AJ. You haven't done it yet. 
Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I mentioned the schedule. The, the Bills. What schedule? What part? What? what? The fact that the, the Colts have beat no one. You keep saying the Bills have beat no one. The Chiefs are better than anything that the, the Colts have Well, first have off, beat. here's the thing we got to do. We do got to get out of the whole binary if they make the field. I mean, do we? Here's the thing. Do we really believe the Colts losing to the Ravens? When's the last game the Colts weren't where it was a key point late in the game they could win? Right? Or let's Mackenzie, but, bring up, hold on, I'm sorry, bring up their win share, the Colts. Tell me the time they've been less than 40%. Have to go back to week three at Titans. All right. So, and they played bad in that game. I was, a, you know, they got beat bad. Since then, give me the team they played in the win share. And, and don't do it in a big, long way. Just rattle them off. Dolphins, 98. Mm -hmm. Ravens, 61. They ended right. up losing. 61 losing. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Houston, 100. Oh, 100. That's 49ers, good. 86. 86 against the Niners. Go ahead. Titans, 41. All right. So, that one they're saying maybe not quite what I thought, but still. It's still impressive to get a 41 and a loss. Corn flip, go ahead. 100 at the, uh, hosting the Jets and 89 hosting Jaguars. So they're dominating the bad teams, and they're not out of it against anyone. And we're getting double freaking digits. Oh, seven. You're getting seven. seven. <laughs> Our thing is ten. <laughs> the Bills I like it even more. Ten. <laughs> the Bills' three losses, they've all had. So, so you're going to say you're right, RJ. This team's played as well as anyone in the last seven weeks. Okay. All right. And now I'm getting a touch on. I'm not sure you can say anything else to Listen, win. Listen, you press the button. It is what it is. But go ahead. I want you to try. I, there's people out there saying, All right, is AJ crazy? Someone has to make the case for you. The the Bills, they, they're three losses. They've, they've got three of them. They were all high win share games. They could have easily won well, any of those three so games. So let's say they're comparable. Okay. Every Why other, am I getting every seven? Every other game, they've blown the doors off well, they, they against the Texans and yeah. the cupcakes. The, but they have beat the, the hell out of them. The Colts have beat exactly. Yeah. But we're saying they're even teams, then, aren't we? I, I, if you think they're even teams, then I mean, I'm saying you, you love this may, bet. May, I, I do, I'm, and that's why I said it was curious. I didn't have this one. You guys rush me in the morning when we're starting. You're all like, oh, it's 4:20, but but but. But I get it. I get <laughs> we had time for salami. Why are you lying? Uh, well, I'm doing it during the show, Steve. <laughs> All joking aside, make the case, and let's be serious here. Steve, you're the one with this pick, too. Who would you rather have, right? If you could change your pick, would you? And if not, make the case. I don't have a fifth pick. If I had my, if okay, I had my druthers, I'd have four picks. All right, but right now, if you had, a, if you could have my side or AJ's side. <laughs> I'm, uh, I would like to have four picks. Okay. But I, I don't want to get fined. We got that part. But what I'm saying is make your bet. I've made the strong case for Indy. Make your case for the Bills. I haven't heard you say anything except crying about the fifth pick. They're going to torch the secondary. That's That was my case. Right. But why hasn't these like Rams should have torched the secondary, right? Yes. Why didn't they? Because I mean, I guess what I'm saying is the Colts look good. I mean, I was a skeptic. I'm like, you can't lose all. And let's be, Wentz is playing better. No doubt. But Wentz has also been able to play with a lead, and Jonathan Taylor has been really good. I don't know that they're going to be playing with you a lead a good game point. script. You make a good point. This might be kind of play it's better as a money line bet. Meaning if they get way behind, it's probably not a good. You know, usually you get seven, you're not. You know, you always get rooked on the damn money lines. I'm sick of the money lines. It's like I'm so tired of seeing minus 260 plus 220. The cockroach is taking 40 cents. Mm -hmm. It's like, think about this. The basic strategy teaser. I know it's it's seven, not seven and a half, but you're teasing. So when you're teasing, that's like laying 260, right? Okay. So how am I going to make money taking plus 220 against a basic strategy teaser? I'm not. It's a good point. It's a good point. 
But hopefully the c c competition amongst books evolves this in a way. There's talk about exchanges coming. There is talk. You've heard about this, right? Yeah, I mean, I've heard about it here in the state for 10 years. People building the software, getting ready. Someone used a name. They actually threw a name oh. out. What their profit or something is coming. So. so that's interesting. Right now, like a matchbook, which is hard for you, or whatever the legalities are, I'm not sure. But I don't think it's easy. Is uh, or clearly legal or whatever, but in general, what kind of number could you expect on a money line like this? Like minus two forty plus two thirty eight, right before post. Do, I think I'm going to do a little better with that, even. Yes. All right, we got a big thing on Notre Dame. So, is there anything else? I mean, we got some one. Okay. You have one pick left. You're one weight. What is it? A Cincinnati. Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh. All right. Anyone can press. By the way, double button push there. I loved picking off both your ones. That was awesome. That that really made me happy. If we actually. win, we go Texas to Brazil and eat meat. I'm with you. And as pay for extra get, Cokes. As long as I get as many Coca-Colas yeah. as I want, Unlimited. baby. Because I need the meat needs to be um, dampened in my stomach. I don't want it dry down in there, right? I want it to be almost like, like the Loch Ness Monster. I just drink water. Anything else, you're adding calories and stuff, That the less room for meat. Do you really think if you drink soda, you eat less? Mm-hmm. Well, then, my God, how did I eat what I've eaten over the years? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that. It could be. Um, here's what I would say. I actually think the Bengals are really suffering perception-wise for that Cleveland loss. Because, I mean, think about it. They lose to the Jets. It's like, oh, my God, how bad are they? Then they're favored over Cleveland. Cleveland, you know, got uh, Baker limping around, and they get dominated. And now it's like, oh, they suck. We were wrong about them. I think you're right. You're wrong that they were better than the Ravens or the number one seed. But right now, the idea that the two weeks ago, the number one seed is actually pretty much in a pick em spot against the Raiders. And let's not forget, Jackson's not the answer taking the top off the defense for the Raiders. Who is? Because with Ruggs gone, they don't have that element. And to me... what. He did pretty well until he caught the ball, right, <laughs> with Jackson. Well, you yeah. saw the fumble. He caught the 45-yard bomb and then started running. Look, yeah, it looked like you've been hypnotized. <laughs> Never seen that before. Letterman, Letterman used to go, help me. I've been hypnotized. <laughs> it, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is how much do you trust that guy now? Is he the answer? I, I don't. Does it, he's not rugs. And I also think, you know how sometimes there's like someone, like the husband dies, they depict it in a movie, and she's just going along like everything's the same. And then at a given point, she takes out a, a shirt of his and, like, she crumble, crumbles down crying. It's like there is a PTSD element sometimes to, like, when there's too much stress. Your mind says you can't deal with this. You're not even going to acknowledge it. Well, there's it. been a hell of a lot of stress in Vegas for this team. I mean, my point would be the two biggest serious issues of the offseason have both been against the Raiders in the last month. Aaron Rodgers was – you brought up – that was a distraction in a way – yeah, but it wasn't like life changing. You know, at least maybe Urban Meyer's thing. What grinding with a someone at a? Everybody thought it was a big deal at the time. They didn't think it was as big deal with someone Not that murdered a girl. That, that murdered a girl. Oh, no. and, and and then a, a stone cold, seemingly allegedly racist. No. So these are, we're not saying there wasn't anything else. And we're these saying, are the stories that don't that, that don't go away. Now Gruden suing them back for like yeah. just divulging that Which he's. Which I think it's interesting. Well, it's, it's, it, he doesn't want that attention unless he thinks there's hay to make for him. He doesn't need the money. Yeah. So we'll see. Yes. But all I know is that these are human beings. If you would have said to Derek Carr, "Who are the two most important people, or, or, or two of the five most important people in your football life?" 
wouldn't your star first round pick be one who he was mentoring and your coach my be the playmaker other? and my coach I mean he still says he loves the man hates what he which what I he actually did. really respect that I hate yeah. someone I don't care what you do if you're law I mean if someone's son mur- mm. like murder a murderer's parents still love him yeah All right my hate but, but but you know what? I'm not so sure the team is going to respond that way. Remember um, four years ago with this whole national anthem thing, when the linemen basically quit at RFK when they when they played in, at Washington because Carr came out and said, you know, he, he doesn't support the kneel, and they, they there was basically a mutiny from his O line one game. And that I go back and I think about that, and I'm like, hmm. Now he's talking about supporting Gruden. I don't know if there's an internal conflict from that. I, Possibly. But that would make my point, if anything. Yes. I'm not sure what the source of the turmoil is, but when they looked like it wasn't bothering them, that was the shocker to me. Mm-hmm. Now that we've seen it bother them for two games, I'm not sure. Now, obviously, this price has evolved. And if we look at the uh, look-ahead line, you got that right in front of you, Adrian? Oh, here it is. So the look-ahead line on the Raiders game was pick them. And now it's plus one. So the idea, Cincinnati's been on a bye, right? Yes. So they had no, no change there. No, they've just been in their circle, the wagons, lost to the Jets, got blown out by Cleveland. They need this game desperately mode for the last two weeks. So if you assume that from pick them to one is a click or is a tick, as they say, it's one tick when didn't the Raiders last week really? Because once you have one bad game, you can say, is this an aberration or is this a trend line? When they had the second bad game, doesn't that tell us? Go ahead. Uh, I was to say, yeah, I think they're. It, we're talking about the Bengals and their two a blowout against a, a decent team in the Browns, and then a, a loss to a bad team in the Jets. That's exactly what the Raiders did. They got blown out but by the Chiefs difference. and then they no lost re- to the Giants. But there's no reason that the Bengals should be any trend line other than normal randomness. The Raiders have had an infusion of a factor that could that very. I mean. You know, it's the same thing as when someone gets old as a player. If you have two bad games when you're 30, people are like, yep, two bad games. You have two bad games when you're 40, it's guys getting old. Mm-hmm. You give them a and, – and I think it's not really wrong to at least say, hey, it's reasonable that this is going to influence them, and now we've seen two games. What is it that we think is influencing the Bengals? We know what was, is they were never in a spot to lay doubles after such a big win, and they didn't know how yeah. to handle it. And the Browns aren't that bad. Right? The Browns were motivated, and they played a good game. And you know what? Stefanski's going to out-coach Taylor because Taylor is the, maybe the worst coach in football. It's one of the lead candidates for Coach of the Year just two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, I don't think the, the, the guy, I don't even, the Pajon, I don't even know his name from the Raiders. What's his name? The new coach? Basaccia. Uh, yeah, I can't get Basaccia. it. Basaccia. Right? That was pretty good. I think he was, I think it was, wait, wait. I actually think, uh, I'll get your thoughts on this, but I actually think I got some, t- um, I think pistachio has got mob ties, allegedly, but go ahead. Pistachio? 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 You called it pistachio. Oh, what was his name again? Pistachio. 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 Go ahead. You going to give any handicapping? Uh, no, I... I they I, got nothing. I mean, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't like this game because I feel like both teams were, two games ago, vastly overrated. Both were leading their division and probably shouldn't have been and got an overreaction. What do you mean from, probably shouldn't have been? How did? What game did the Bengals win they shouldn't have won? Um, 
it's funny how he imposes his own value judgments on like what reality should be. Mm. I've never, I could never in my life think they shouldn't be leading the. Do- Did you ever sit around thinking the Bengals were the best team in the that's AFC a different, North? That's a different question. Okay, that's what I meant then. Right. I, I thought. Just try to be precise. I apologize. <laughs> Two teams that are not the best teams in their divisions, had, they were sitting in first place in their divisions. And I think there was an overreaction to it. I, I don't think either one of these teams are nearly as good as we thought they were. So I'm out on this game altogether. But in a weird way, you're making my case that the Bengals were a little overrated or more than a little. Raiders were overrated. Now, Bengals have had two bad games. Raiders have had two bad games. One of them, there's a reason for it. The other one feels more random. It feels like the repeatability of the two losses without a reason is less likely. Yeah, Bengals are forecasted to win 8.8 games. Raiders 8.2. That may not sound like a big difference, but it's clear that the Bengals are not just the better team. And remember, this is only half a season now. That, so that, that .8 difference, that's like a game and a half difference. So it's like saying that the Bengals are supposed to be a, you know, a slightly above 500 team and the Raiders are seven-win team. Given that's the case, the Bengals should be a, smite, a slight favorite. I don't apologize to take care of my family. <laughs> are you apologizing? <laughs> Actually, I think I got one more here for you. This is, you probably, I mean, you used to, now, when you were used to steal from Howard Stern, was that something where you weren't worried? About, I mean, you were on such a small station, you weren't worried? That's how, it. Is that, is that how you yeah. figured? Okay. Because I, <laughs> I still got to say, and, and if I said it every week, it would get boring. But the funniest— Now, every other week. The funniest story I've ever heard in my life was when you stole from Howard Stern— then Saturday Night Live started doing something similar. Yeah. And for like 10 years, you thought they stole from you. I did. You didn't think the biggest morning Black show. Jeopardy. The biggest morning show in the country that's based in New York. They didn't steal from there. Yeah. But they stole from this show in Austin that was on a public access transistor. Yeah. How did you think that? Well, you got to remember, <laughs> Howard Stern wasn't in Texas. So you, but you were stealing from him. I did, unbeknownst to me on that one, certainly. You said you used to get tapes sent to you. I did. Black Jeopardy wasn't on those tapes when I was a little kid. <laughs> so in a weird way, it's like you invented it. No, I thought I did. But what I'm saying is, who cares? Like, if someone finds out Einstein's theory of relativity, someone wrote about it 10 years earlier in his journal, does that mean Einstein's not as smart? I, but I didn't have it before Howard. But you didn't know he had it, so it didn't matter. Uh, uh, listen, I'm right? certainly I mean, not as smart as Howard. I can tell you that now and just leave it at that. But that, Do you see what I'm saying, Steve? Yeah, I, it's just like when I stole from my other bro- ex-brother-in-law when he used to say, you know, when you start wearing elastics, that pants, that means you've given up trying well, to he, be thin. He, he stole from Seinfeld. And I didn't know that, so I okay. used the quote. <laughs> and people I like, tell you that? You, said, you stole from Seinfeld. And it's like, no, I stole from Bob. And it's funny. You were just stealing. <laughs> right. You can't get past me. I, I take a lot of media in. You but, do. An alarming amount. But it's funny. The new shows, like The Squid and The Whale, or what, what's the name of this show? I don't even know. Squid, Squid Game. Game. You like that? I haven't watched an episode. I don't have time. Because you're, you're grinding. I'm trying. It's right. football season. Maybe after football season, I can watch that stuff. So all you guys agree this is a good pick. I do. You, you've won me over. That's what I do. Is it time to do our... Let, yeah. I don't want to do the other games. Yeah. We've had enough. One what? line each. You can sh- read from your newspaper. <laughs> My newspaper. Well, get, get, show me the. I'll, I'll do this part. What game? But mark what games hasn't been picked. Let's start laying the groundwork to this bet situation. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is Notre Dame to make the playoffs, five to one. Yes. On air in real time. I didn't even know that existed. 
AJ told me something in the center of my brain said, that's a hell of a bat. We walked it through the map. I said, brilliant. This is the biggest bat maybe of the year for me. Fez, I, I, you know, I, I say, uh, Mackenzie, text Fez. Let's see if he likes this. Because I always like to hear your thoughts because you see things I don't. It's true. He says he doesn't like it. I said, good, good. I go, then I can bet him. And I, I was whispering on there. I was going, let's not act like we really And like I didn't it. hear this okay. on air. So. You heard about it. Uh, no, I, th- I thought about it. Why Mackenzie's sending me for a text for a reason, so immediately I'm cautious. So you're thinking it through. Yes. And what did you conclude? I concluded that I made an erroneous mis- – I made a mistake because I thought that Notre Dame was eighth in the polls. Now, as it turns out – They are eighth. No. They're well, sixth in the polls. Mm-hmm. That's – yeah. So we're ready. Let me do this, <laughs> and then we're going we're gonna to deliver on that tease. Browns, Lions, Browns somehow favored by 11 and a half, even though the Lions were only eight-point underdogs against the Steelers. What do you like, AJ? Quickly. Uh, I lean to the Browns. I think the the Lions are either going to have to play with a backup quarterback or they're going to have Jared Goff in a game where there's expected rain and weather. And Oh, little flipper. Yeah, we saw what happened in the second half against Green Bay when it started raining. He couldn't I mean, hold apparently on the they're saying it's a major problem. I, I would listen. It's one of many major problems with golf. I don't know. I mean, I think when golf golf's one of those. If he has a good, he should have went to a dome team. Oh, I guess he did with the Lions, right? <laughs> did. But not on the road. What That's you got? funny. I played under forty-four, under forty-three and a half's fine. AJ mentioned the weather, and also remember all those Cleveland weather games. But doesn't. But turnovers like that don't lead to low scoring necessarily. If little yeah, flipper, I, I understand. But Cleveland played all those weather games, and they all went under last year. You know they, that they were but, lower but that scoring. That was thirty and, miles an hour winds. There's going to be some pretty heavy rain in this game, and I, I see Cleveland as being perfectly content to just you know Baker's got the torn labrum, not playing well. I can see them grinding this out. Do you think you have a fetish for bad weather? Yes, I love bad weather games. In <laughs> fact, you know, pull back the the, the curtain. Yes, of course. Pulling I... back the curtain, the best live wagering you can do. Apologies to people who are doing this. The the weather game is phenomenal example if you're lucky if you get a crosswind you bet under big if you get a tailwind headwind that favors a team in the quarters you know what's funny i wrote this exact same thing for some magazine like in 1998 and you think i don't read you (laughs) but the algorithm the the algorithm geeks are so busy they just know oh there's weather and so they price the weather but they don't realize a team can have a big edge in a quarter so repeat that one more time if it's a crosswind, it's really good for the under. It wreaks havoc on both teams' offenses. If it's a tailwind headwind, there's more scoring because obviously the team that has the, the if it was a hurricane at 80 miles an hour, you would always you you would kill the other team and you'd win the I'm quarter not sure 21 I agree nothing. With you here. My point would be the team that has the win in their face has a huge disadvantage. Yes. The team with the win at their back has a slight disadvantage. I don't think it's an advantage to the team with the win at their back. I agree with that. Okay. I agree, but the net, the net difference is yes. that you have. Well, you the other, know, it's not like you're looking for scoring from that team. You're looking for a net differential. Well, you want to bet that team. Yes, because the poor other team's going to punt 12 yards, and you're going to start on their 40. Yes. And, I mean, listen, I mean, all I know is this. Did you see his hands? They're ginormous. That's not, not, the, not the case. Hmm. Okay, next game, 49ers, all the 49ers. Jags, Jags playing some defense. Trevor Lawrence, oh. The savior, not so much. 49ers are favored by six on the road. Yeah, Jags have won two of their last four outright. Is this from the newspaper? 
Yes, from the, I don't even know what the Las Vegas newspaper is called, to be honest. Review Journal. Uh, the Review Journal. Uh, but they, what they've done is they slowed down the pace that they're playing on offense with. They're, they're playing a more ball control game. Obviously, that means less of uh, Trevor Lawrence, but it's working for them. And if they can keep a low-scoring game against the 49ers, I think they've got a good chance. I never want to play the 49ers as a favorite. Uh, and six just seems almost I mean, listen, absurd if to me right Cousin now. Kyle wins like seven straight, he'll be 500. <laughs> yes. For his career. But San Fran's pretty good on the road. So three oh, and one they this year. At home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So three and one straight up on the road. The one loss was the Trey Lance game at Arizona where he cost him the game. So they've really played well on the road. And now their uh, running back broke his finger. He's fine. Game. He's oh. going to play. Mitchell. Oh, yeah, guys with a broken. He'll play. Does that mean he's going to be. They'll do what they'll tape it together. He'll, oh. he'll be fine. All right. The tough guy, C. Fezzik, says he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> Cardinals, Seahawks. Dr. Fezzik, how, how is... um <laughs> How's his finger? How's, how's the hammer finger? Murray's 100. Oh, oh, oh the hammer. Oh, Ru- Russell, he didn't look good at all, well, I got to tell you. They'll just tape it together. It'll be fine. Do we maybe go under? Because the odds are one of them, it's going to be limited. I like that. What, I mean, if you look at the total, do you think it's accounting for No, 49. I, I think it does look too high. And you've got two compromised quarterbacks that are injured, so they're probably going to run the ball both teams more than they normally do. Yeah, I like under. I think that both – what we've seen, if, if Murray does come back, he's not going to be Kyler Murray. Think about Russell Wilson's first game back last week, Aaron Rodgers, his first game back, Dak's first game back after injury, and Baker's first you game mean, back after like he missed. scored like 40? It won because of him. Well, he didn't play, but he played exceptionally well considering he was a little limited, but I think he was limited. But all, all four of those guys played well below average games the game that they came back after, after missed time. I would say we don't even have to extend the analogy here. Kyler Murray was hurt for about three or four games in the middle of last season. He played everyone, but he didn't run the ball near yes. as much, and his performance really suffered. Yes. So... I almost love the under here now, I think. Because you know what? If both the teams feel like they got to protect the quarterback, this becomes an old-school game in a way. And let's face almost it, like Green Bay Pete Carroll loves old-school games. Yeah, know? he's comfortable with yes. that. Okay, we got two games to go. Chargers-Steelers. Chargers favored by five and a half. That's at home. You love the Chargers, AJ. Start there. I, I don't love the Chargers. I don't know what? who's going to play. I don't know if what? Big Ben's going to play. I don't what? know. Like, you love you had the Chargers as like the best team in the league. I never did have them as the best team, but I did like them more than you guys did. Right. But the Steelers, I I don't know the I, I don't know if Ben's gonna Good play. Good looking kid. I don't know if if Minka Fitzpatrick's gonna play. So I think you you take probably the two most important guys to that team. Yeah, now T.J. Watt wouldn't be on that. Oh, list. I forgot about T. Yep, two out of the three. <laughs> I stand corrected certainly. Uh, so I I I don't want to have any part of this until I know more. Fez. I have nothing on this game, but I have a bet I like. Okay. Oh. Pittsburgh Steelers, this is at FanDuel, under eight and a half wins. I really like this bet. Minus 140. Oh I looked at Pittsburgh's yeah, schedule. A good idea. After what the Steelers have done so far, let's find a way to make it where Tomlin has his first under 500 year. No, they can go 500. Oh, you know something? That is wild. If he go, if they eight, go eight, 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 Now that I think about it, they're going to go eight, eight, and one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And continue this oh, streak. I love it. I looked at, at Pittsburgh's <laughs> that schedule. That would make me so freaking happy. Pittsburgh will not be favored the rest of the year. Wow. The I mean, rest of the year. I think you could be right. Read the games. At Chargers. All right. At Bengals. Oh, I'm not even sure about that one. Oh, the What's Bengals. the look ahead? 
the Bengals got to be minus. I'm not asking hypothetically. Yeah, yeah. Finally, look at McKenzie. Home Ravens. Okay. Home Ravens? Mm-hmm. All right. At Vikings. Okay. Home Titans. Okay. At Chiefs. Okay. This one I'm worried about. Home Browns. You think the Browns are going to be favored at Pittsburgh? Yes. All right, let's bat. Oh, yeah. Let's bat. How much? Let's show 300. Normal 300. Yeah, but still. So if the Browns are not favored, I win. You win if it's pick them. Yes. Yeah. Hold on a second. What? You're crazy. I think I'd bet 100000 on this. <laughs> Explain something to me. What was the line when it was Pittsburgh at Cleveland? It was two and a half. I'm trying to remember what, what was going on in that game. Nothing. Was it? Uh-huh. Cleveland's better than Pittsburgh. Don't care. No, it was Cleveland minus five. No, it wasn't. I thought it was. No. I thought they. It wasn't five. It was a big upset when they won 20 to 15. It, it was wasn't. 15 to 10. Yeah, you know, 15 to 10. Yeah. yeah. You're, you, the line you got is five. Mackenzie, what do you have? Pulling that up one second. All right, but, but let's assume that it's five for a second. And what do we think? The ne- First of all, the Browns could be ready to. The Browns may be they way may worse. Fire, they may fire their coach. Yeah. Right? Bengals land four hosting the Steelers next week. Mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised. But see, there's Big Ben questions still. Right? If we yeah. don't know if he's going to play. I mean, listen, if Big Ben's out, you win. I, 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 I think Cleveland. By the way, it's going to be Ben's last game. I think Cleveland's going to be playing for a playoff spot. And I think Pittsburgh will have been eliminated. Okay. If so, they still are in trouble because it's Ben's last game. I mean, Pittsburgh. No, they're at the Ravens. They'll have, they have one more after that. Why? Would, why did you say that was the last game? Because he said it was the last game. Well, that was the last because we, we stopped at that one. So what was the line, Mackenzie? Can you find this number? Yeah, the Steelers What's were five point so underdogs long? at Cleveland week. Say eight. it again. Pittsburgh Steelers five point underdogs at Cleveland week. Eight. Five. It was a five point swing. Boy, I tell you, dude, I still think you're in a bad spot. Because just a normal five-point swing now, I think it, it lines up. But Browns were considered to be real. Like, the Browns have dropped off. I mean, since then, what's happened? They got beat by the Patriots in a way people get PTSD from. Sure. <laughs> right? Well said. And I also would make the case if there's any team that's going to sit someone, it might be sitting Baker. Meaning if they are out of the playoffs at that point. Listen, I was just talking about batting the Browns to win the Super Bowl. So, mm-hmm. obviously, I, I like them. Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> I gave out Steelers under eight and a half when DeCastro got released. That might have been prescient. I didn't really say how. I think they're going to go eight and one. That's I, awesome. That would be, right? <laughs> if somehow Tomlin finds a way not to be under 500. That would yeah, be awesome. People have asked me, does a tie count as half a win? And I'm like, no, a tie counts as a tie. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point. <clears throat> St- Let me ask you, what's your power ratings on the, the Browns compared to where it was entering the Steelers game? Uh, they played horribly in that game. Yeah, I, against I got them two points lower than where they were. So that means this line would be Pittsburgh uh, a two-point favorite. In Pittsburgh, no, because Pittsburgh's lowered. I've lowered Pittsburgh like the same, but that's part of that's because Ben, the Ben. Yeah, so if Ben's off. healthy, which yeah. odds statistically are. All right, you got the worst of it here. You need my quarterback to be. I'm hurt. Count, I'm, You're pretty much saying no. You need I need my Pittsburgh quarter- to go to go in the dumper dumpster fire from the from the hard schedule that they're just yeah, going to get. Yeah, you know beat how up. Tomlin does that all the time. Yeah, that's it? why he always yeah. has losing records. <laughs> That, see, look at this guy. I, I waited the whole pod to get a good bet out of him. See, that's, when he says they're not going to be favored the rest of the season, so he wants to bet under their wins, uh-huh. I think 
they're more likely to win because they are underdogs. That's huh? what Tomlin coaches his best. Now that's a stretch. No, I hear you. I mean, I hear both sides of it. Over the long run, it's not going to work out. They and might cover. Many gives yeah, game. I mean, what's the biggest point spread they're going to have? It's not like they're going to be 10-point dogs to anybody. Listen, Pittsburgh's played a lot better. First of all, that O-line's coming together. The defense is good again. And they always talk about defenses regress. And Ben's played better than people think. I mean, he's he's like the 22nd best quarterback. They haven't lost since week four. I mean, uh, without Ben. Well, they didn't they haven't oh, lost Oh, I guess they haven't. Like, yeah. This, I mean, they've. all I know is this. They're, they're, you know, it's interesting. This is the first we'll time. The, we'll go with the close. There's obviously. a team that played five consecutive games. They have not lost any of the five, and I've significantly downgraded them. And maybe. <laughs> no, that's maybe. kind of unusual. You know what happens is you types. The, the, the quasi-analytics guys are the ones that say, oh, I got something. Other people, Ben's not, that offense, even in that Bills game, that offense was bad. Right. And you've been just riding that way. Right, waiting to fade. <laughs> All right. Eight, eight, and one. Last one. Bucks. Well, I still, if they're eight, eight, and one, if they're close to that, I'm going to win that bet. Bucks, Giants. Bucks off of two straight losses at home. Favored by 11. Yeah, not much in this other than I don't want to fade the Bucks coming off two straight losses against a bad team. Tom Brady once asked, do you have one team you're absolutely, you know, the most mo- motivated against? And without blinking, he said the Giants, the two losses in the Super Bowls. Now. So because of that, I don't want to fade remember them. Remember they played uh, last year in prime time. You remember? I forgot the game. I'm, I'm off today. What was the result? Bucks one didn't cover. Mm-hmm. What, was the, what was the spread? What's it? Seven, I think. Mm. I'm just going by memory. I know. It's impressive if it's even close. That's good memory. Doing that while you're eating charcuterie. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Not loudly at all. <laughs> How slow could he be trying to get a game? Let's just wait. Real time. <laughs> I don't think you want to know how I'm feeling right now. Spread to seven. <laughs> what was it? Seven. I think I said that. You did. Well done. Well played. What was the final? Seven point of difference. No. Bucks won by two. Okay. Oh. 25-23. Now, it brings up an interesting point. Brady at night. Old. That's, I, hadn't, I, I told you, you know, Kirk Cousins we've been throwing under the bus, but Brady's got great-grandchildren now, right? But, but it's, not, it's not that. It's that he's got, he's got a health regimen that has him going to sleep really early yeah and Mackenzie, and this is one you don't necessarily have at your fingertips but we did have some numbers on that right brady at night yeah oh and six with the bucks last time i checked let me pull that up well he definitely won a super bowl at night regular season only okay but remember if you got two weeks trying to get ready for that and that game starts at five o'clock pacific well i guess that's comparable Right. Oh, Five. no, no, it starts at 6 Eastern, so that's a 3 o'clock Pacific. I mean, that's yeah. not – 6 Eastern is not a night game. Okay. I mean, if it's 4.30 Versus 8.15 Eastern, which yeah. is every Monday night game. Yeah, remember, it's 6.15 the Super Bowl starts Eastern. Yes. Okay. All right. So, I'm here to correct the cleanup. Notre Dame. My rationale was simple. And AJ's the one that kind of started – he didn't know what he started, but he said something in passing, and I said, ooh – we got three Big Ten teams up there, right? And Michigan State, Michigan, and The Ohio State University. One of them's going to make it. The other ones aren't. Yes. Okay. Now, 
We've got Oregon. If they win out, they make it. If they don't, they're out. They're underdogs this week. What's the line? Three. At Utah. And then they got a Pac-12 championship game, right? Yes. And I looked up the line on the Pac-12 championship. I don't know if they're playing ASU or uh, UCLA, but they're they're pick them to win. So do you do the math? That's like twenty five percent less than twenty five at most twenty five percent. If they win at Utah, they won't be a pick them against UCLA or Arizona State. But they won't be more than minus two and a half, right? No. Now, is there any other game in between, or is that the last two for them? Oregon State. Oregon State. And what's that line about? Lane eleven. Yeah, double digits. Still a real chance to lose. Oh, and a rivalry game, yeah. Civil War. So let's call it, what, 12%, 13% they went out? Yeah, negligible almost. All right, so they could. Now, the other thing is Alabama. Now, Steve brought up a point, and we really emphasized this, and it was a great one. If you look at Alabama to make the playoffs, they're minus 130. They are four-point now underdogs against Georgia. How can they be better to make the playoffs than it is to beat the one game when they have three games to win? Because if they lose a very close game against Georgia, they'll be the number two team losing a dogfight against Georgia. And the committee would, I just can't believe it's going to lower a number two team in the country to out of the top four by when they number exceed. Number two team by what criteria? By what well, they're currently ranked two. Bama's okay. two. So, so I, I, they're I not going to. What I'm saying is they're not two in the AP. But right, right. But that all that matters is the committee's rankings. Mm-hmm. If they beat Auburn, they're going to be a stronger two. So, you know, it's funny. We actually thought. The only way this could happen is if they lost an earlier game. Lost to Auburn. Probably and then, had then Auburn. crushed Georgia. Which one, which one is more likely? They lose a tight one to Georgia for their second loss, or they lose beforehand and look good against Georgia? It's more likely they beat um, – they run the table and then lose to Georgia. That's the wow. more likely. So here's the problem with that. Wow. Is if they run the table and lose to Georgia – they're, they'll be the first ever two-loss team to make the playoff. If, first ever team to lose in a conference final. And then Georgia's going to be the one seed. Mm-hmm. It, can Alabama be anything but the four Boy, seed? you make a good point. No, there. they can make them three. Three oh. with two losses <laughs> sure. over who? They were the number two, and they just lost a coin. It depends how they lose. They lose a close game. It, it, it would be ludicrous if they lose by one point to the number one team in the country. Oh, let's just take the number two team and send them packing. That's asinine. Except they've already lost another game. It's irrelevant. That's baked into their number and two that, ranking. And that shows you why the positioning they do, you keep saying these rankings ahead? don't matter, is they are like the evil. They're like Gargamel in The Simpsons, plotting, getting. I think that's the Smurfs. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. The Smurfs. <laughs> trying to trying to get little. What was the little girl Smurf's name? Uh, Daisy, maybe? No. I saw the movie, and I don't Smurfette. recall this. Smurfette. Yeah. Mm. yeah Gargamel wanted Smurfette bad. He had bad intentions. Mm. I guess I never looked at it that way. I was young and naive. Well, I mean, it seemed. I mean, Smurfette's like the one hot girl at the little dingy bar. I thought he just wanted to cook her and eat her or something. But that—that Th- that was the way it ends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last scene of the movie. I mean, it's a different movie. That's—I like Smurfette. I used to sing the Smurf song. Just from memory. Just from memory. La 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 la. Did it not have words? That was just the whole. It was a tune. They they were working at base levels. They weren't trying to get to the higher brain. Okay. Steve, I think what you're saying about Alabama is insane. Really? I think you're right. <laughs> I think it's insane. <laughs> the idea that Cincinnati – so if Alabama loses a close game to Georgia and Cincinnati wins out, who do you think makes it? If those two are the choices. Alabama. That would be – 
I don't think they could do it. They got to cover the spread. They got to exceed expectations. They got to lose by one, two, or three. If they lose by three and Cincinnati wins out and Alabama with two losses is ahead of a a team that had their second straight regular season undefeated. Yes. Who then played in a hyper-competitive game against the best team that wasn't in the playoffs, Georgia, last year. You can make the case. And the team that's going to be sitting at number one this year. The system's crooked. No, it's more than crooked. That that would be like a ride, I think. Or maybe not. Who knows? No one cares. If it were if it were a team that had a fan base that people gave a shit about. That in a way is why we have to be the surrogate fan base. They tend, they sent Wichita that. State to their death, you know, in college basketball years ago against yeah, Kentucky. But, but they let them in. Listen, lining them up against an eighth seed and say is different than saying you get no chance. You, doesn't matter what you do, you get no chance. Yeah. I don't think the money's worth it. It's worth it. We'll see. But, so you don't like my bet, Alabama not to make it, plus 115. I hadn't thought about that. No, don't worry about that. Yeah, I've yeah. got that one now. But, but I think I think I love the fact that you've identified there's not three Big Ten teams in the top eight. There's one team. You know what that team's called? The Big Ten. Yeah. The Slot. Big Ten that is team, in the top four. They take a and the other, and, and there is no second Big Ten. There's only one Big Ten, and Oregon's 12%. So wait a minute. So now we got Georgia. We got Big Ten. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Ohio State, but and, Big Ten. And it, now Oregon's about let's give them fifteen percent chance to be one of the slots. Yeah, be conservative. So, so there's an eighty-five percent chance there's going to be that slot. And then with Alabama, let's say it's fifty-fifty. Sure. Because, I, I think ahead. the best way to say it, there's an SEC champion and there's Big Ten champion, and then there's two other spots. Yeah, I, I accept that. Sure. Well, no, because hold on, Alabama would be the SEC champion. Yeah. And then it's Georgia. Georgia. Maybe just say Georgia. Yeah. I think it's Georgia's in there for sure. Big Ten's in there for sure. The question is Alabama. And the question is Oregon. Okay. And the question is Cincinnati. Yep. When it comes to Notre Dame. Okay. So what needs to happen? Notre Dame winning the next two games is 77%. We yes. did the math. They'll be more than 14-point favorites in both games. Yes. Okay. Now, we figured out, Matt, game by game, Cincinnati has a 45% chance to win out. Call it 50-50. All right. 50-50. Okay. I agree with that. All right, so now if all we are going to do is say Cincinnati, we want them to pass Cincinnati, and then we want to hope that Alabama – so let's figure the odds of both Alabama and – so there's, what, a 7.5% chance. If we assume Alabama is even 50%, which I think is high. You know, and this math is really clean. So if if Alabama's 50-50 and Cincinnati's 50-50, that sums to one team, all right? Yeah, but let's do it this way if you don't mind. Let's That's look at fine. the Oregon side and say they're 15%. Because the only time Notre Dame's in trouble is if both Oregon wins out and Alabama wins. And no one changes. And, and I, think, I think we could almost safely say if Oregon wins out, they're in deep trouble. All right? They're very unlikely. That to Cincinnati it. is? That no, I think Oregon's in if they win out. 100%. <laughs> Notre Dame is in big trouble yeah, if Oregon not, wins. But let me lead the way here okay. on this one. Sure. Is let's go 15%, which is Oregon's chance of winning out, uh-huh. right? Times Alabama's chance of winning out, which is 0.5. So there's about an 8% chance that, that it's these four are the four that's in there. Or Big Ten, Georgia, and these two, Oregon and Alabama. Yes. All right. So we're going to call that 8%. 92% of the time, there's going to be one slot open. Mm-hmm. Some of the time, there's going to be more than one. Let's not even worry about that. 92% chance that it's going to matter. Now, we take that times 77%, which is Notre Dame wins, which is also a requisite, right? Right. And then if we go that, uh, let's see here. We're going to have— Now we're at 70%. A, 70, okay. 
Well, it would be 8% of 77, right? So it'd be, but let's just call it 70. Okay, that's fine. All right, so because the eight percent wouldn't be all all the time that Notre Dame lost, right? Mm -hmm. It'd be like seventy one, seventy two. Yeah. Okay, let's go seventy. I've given enough concession. Let's go seventy one. So now all that's left is does Cincinnati win or not? Because if Cincinnati loses, Notre Dame's a short. If this happens and Cincinnati loses, it's a short thing. Notre Dame, Cincinnati's fifty fifty. So that means we got a thirty six percent chance. If 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 there's only one slot. We're getting five, five to one. One small chance if you have Oklahoma State kick. No, no. Now, if, no o chance. if Oklahoma State kicks no butt. Chance. Nope. No chance. No chance? Notre Dame How can you have Oklahoma one loss State? and 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 be ahead of them and keep winning? And Notre Dame's got the bias of the committee on their side. But Oklahoma State will beat Oklahoma, will beat Oklahoma and beat another good team than the Big 12. But the committee title. will still want Notre Dame over Fair Oklahoma enough. State. I agree with that. The and, and you nailed it. The bias is to put the Irish in. I, you know, the bias is not to put Cincinnati in. That's why I've been anti to put Oklahoma State in. That's why yeah. I said the, the bet, like, the, that's why they feel good putting Notre Dame where they have them because if Cincinnati loses, Notre Dame is going to rock So it back of the envelope, you're saying they have a one-third chance and you're getting five to one. That's No, I'm saying they definition. get a one-third chance if there's only one slot. Yes. You add the second slot. It's it, ridiculous. It goes way up. Now Cincinnati can win. Yes. If, if so, there's ha I mean, so if you really think about it, this looks like it's like a forty percent chance, and we're getting paid as if it's twenty percent. Yes, it's an outstanding bet. I, it might be the best bet I've ever yes. seen. I mean, like, I mean, seriously. No, you, no, your Phoenix bet to win the Pacific at fourteen to yeah, one was even a better at the bet. Time in hindsight, their schedule. I was ignorant of how tough their schedule yeah. was. We, you know, it was such a good bet in some ways. It was such a good bet because they were almost as good. Hell, they were better than the Lakers and the Clippers, and they cared so much more because they'd had like a decade of losing, so they were ultra motivated. Whereas the other two teams didn't care. I mean, there's, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, the ROI on this is 100, percent right? If it's a 40 percent chance, yes, I'm mean, on it. My I mom. mean, how when is there ever an ROI of 100 percent on a bet that we can get real money? Your on? Phoenix bet. Okay, okay. What do you? What does the peanut gallery think? Actually, this afternoon, the show, you're talking about it, it had errors of that Phoenix bet. It's coming back to me. I didn't get enough down on that Phoenix bet. I'm going to correct my errors of my ways this time. Can you check the um, – the? you said that – FanDuel has it. DraftKings has it. And here locally. Hill. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say this, Steve. I would take uh, – if we can get it down, and I can, I'll can, i give you the money because I don't expect you to front this. Uh, I'd go five dimes on this. I really like They're, it. They'll look at me like I'm from Mars, but I'll get what I, whatever I can get for you. But I'm saying a bunch of different outs, yes. right? I mean, I'm saying five to one seems rock solid because it's in three places. They're all at five to one. But I think, I mean, we did put this on the radio, and there's yes. going to be a lot of little bets over it. Don't let AJ have any. Let him do it himself. I got the buy orders in. I already put them out. So, I'm, yes. I, they call this an open order. Yes. All right, we got two. Don't let AJ get any of this. Like, I, if we got extra, I can get my own. I guess that's I, why. I'm, why don't you get us something? We're giving. you I the can pick. get whatever you need. I'm not a known commodity in these casinos. Listen, I can go in and do something. You guys, honestly, let him. I want five thousand. Bet and he. If you haven't heard from him, bet five. I mean, what I'm saying is, I'll give you guys the money, but the minute you bet, tell the other one. You're and, okay. You're you're betting it. Yes. No, God, well, hold on though. Yes. I don't trust him. I mean, what I'm saying is, I don't think I William mean, Hill hates me. I can't walk up there. They'll like they'll 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 limit me. So wait a minute, William Hill got what's Mackenzie? You got me down. Oh my god, that Washington bet. We got a nice piece down with you walking up, right? Yeah. How if anything, they're thinking that guy's a soccer. He took Washington. <laughs> exactly.
I tell you, I. So you're telling me you trust the guy you yell at all day more than you trust me? I don't yell at him all day. I only when appropriate. Okay. <laughs> Mackenzie bets dimes on all his games. Now, what I would say is this: When I say I don't trust you, to know if you can get any, you don't bet five thousand a game. No. So you don't know what you can get off. I'm saying I don't want you to come back in two days and go. You know what? I, I get what you're saying. So I'm saying this way: there's no, there's nothing holding us back. Steve, you got to get me two at minimum. I'm on it. And then if you can get me two, Mackenzie does a walk up. But I think we got to do this all at once. Oh, not all at once. We can't wait three days. Okay. Because once, I think people just got to wake up to this at some point. And we just told like a quarter million people on the radio. All right. Who knows if anyone's listening. You can go to the bank tomorrow? Me go to the bank? All right, I, I trust you. Okay. Listen, I, find me the first person that hasn't been paid from me, and, and you're going to find the first. Sometimes it's a little slow. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got anything else? Oh, wait, we got two best bets here. Dave Essler's first. I'm going to let Mackenzie give the, uh, the lead into this and see how he does. Go. The question was asked by RJ, are the Cowboys and the Chiefs even teams? Essler gives his thoughts on this side. I love him at Dallas plus two and a half over the Chiefs this weekend. And in essence, this line suggests these teams are roughly even on the neutral field. And, and I disagree. You know, Dallas's only debacle this season was that Denver game. I think that was the outlier. I think in these cases, I would normally just default to the better defense, which one would assume is Dallas. And the Chiefs' defense has been playing much better lately. The only time they've allowed more than 17 in the last five weeks was to the Titans. But that has a deeper meaning, and here we go. If I go back to the start of the season, every team that was able to score on Kansas City did have a great running game and or a mobile quarterback, Cleveland. Baltimore, Philadelphia, and Buffalo. And three of those teams are the only three with more rush yards per game than Dallas, who has a great running game and a mobile quarterback. Teams the Chiefs kept off the board, the Packers, Washington, Las Vegas, and the Giants. All teams rank in the bottom half of the league in most rushing categories. I think Diggs will make Hill's life a little more difficult. Dallas has respectable numbers against tight ends, a.k.a. Kelsey. Cowboys have shown they can win close games. Kansas City's in the negative column in turnover margins. So while I don't dislike the Chiefs at this short number at home, Dallas has more ways to win. Cowboys have been underdogs just three times this season. Twice they won outright, and once they covered easily at Tampa Bay. So I love and bet Dallas plus two and a half over Kansas City. We talked this game through at length, though, the Dallas-Kansas City, and his pick was Dallas. Listen, the Diamond Dave can smell an overrated team. And you can smell a, a, a irrational reaction from the Hoy Polloi. You know Hoy Polloi? Mm-mm. Do you? Am I not? I, mean, I kind of gather what you're talking what about. What is it? The peanut gallery from the, the, the masses. I respect the masses. Okay. I, I'm joking. I, I was going to say, not when it comes to betting the NFL, you don't. I don't hardly with anything. Uh. Do you, Steve? Jersey's holding 9%, Vegas 7%, drunk baby 4.5%. If he's only playing straight bets. Yes. All right, next game. All right, Mackenzie, you're retired. Next game. Was I wrong on Hoy Polloi? Oh, look, this is great. Bradbot goes, RJ moving markets on straight out of Vegas. Bama, no, down to plus 110. And the only other numbers are plus 105 and minus 108. It was plus 115, so I moved the nickel. He's like, he's moving market. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, Hitman. Tra- I call him the translucent one. He's six foot one, 148 pounds, and he never, ever leaves except if it's nighttime. Is that true? 
He golfs. Night golf. <laughs> Possibly. Top Jeff- golf. No, you, you've seen Caddyshack. Yes. Chevy Chase night golfed. Remember Bill Murray and him were hanging out in the shed? You, you really don't remember Caddyshack? Can I get a ruling on this one? I need a ruling. Cannonball it. And then one more, he's right on top of Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. That was great. Apparently they hated each other. We played Angel Park. I think most people hate which is Chase. which is night golf with some lights, not that many lights, and a dude like par three, par three, really nice, and dude like hits into our green. Did you bring a five wood? <laughs> My son did, <laughs> uh, and uh, they uh, glow in the dark golf balls. I don't know how long those have been around, but they're out there for for night golf. The future is now. Yeah, you want to hear something funny? When I graduated high school or college, I went back and hung out for a couple years. Me and some younger guy. I think we were talking about this before. We golf like. 110 times in a 90-day summer, like twice sometimes, really? par three the whole freaking time. Really? And we were batting big might. We were, it was like the most important thing in anyone's life. And I couldn't hit a seven iron for more than 140 yards. I hate par threes. Oh, why? Well, because you don't have a lot of touch. I don't have touch. You're just a brute. That's it. You li- <laughs> I bet you like to chop wood. I do. I knew it. Okay, here's the hit, man. And he's got, oh, look, the Houston Texans. Best bet, Texans plus 10.5. This is a play against the Titans. The Titans are in a flat spot after just playing five high-leverage games against above-average teams. And in 10 quarters with Tyrod as the Texans quarterback, Houston's actually plus 8 point differential this season. The Titans' offense is struggling, and I just don't believe this roster is very good due to all the injuries. The Titans have a league-high 20 players on injured reserve, and although it was against good competition in the Rams and the Saints, The Titans offense had a putrid 3.5 and 4.6 yards per play over their last two games without Derrick Henry. Their offensive line over their last three games has been rated as the league's worst according to PFS pass protection grades. The Titans have had a gain of 20 or more yards only once every 24 plays this season, worst in the league. I flat out just don't trust what I consider to be an average team to cover this type of margin. Best bet, Houston, plus the 10.5. So AJ was debunked again. Well, how was I debunked? You don't like the Texans. No, I don't. Because they don't win. <laughs> they don't. They don't lose by single digits either. Let's agree. Oh, poor Fez, you lost your. Uh, you you had the Ravens, huh? Survivor. But you know what? I would have had the Steelers if I didn't have the Ravens because the Big Ben news broke one hour after the deadline to submit your Survivor picks. We're down to 200 people in Circa Survivor. Wait, so the Big Ben news broke when? Like 4 o'clock? 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock is the You know what's funny? When I put in those picks for the Lions, I didn't even know that. The line was still 8. What happened? I thought the line was supposed to move. The line had moved to six. And, to no, six. no, it had. It moved at, at, at Saturday night? Saturday at 4.42 p.m. Pacific, it moved from eight to six and a half. Yes. Well, I must have had a stale line. Mackenzie, I know you do this, but make sure you do. Is send me that snapshot from Westgate when you, you know, around 1130. What, ha- what happens to Survivor in, in a tie? You lose. Oh, As okay. they say in Squid Game, contestant 318 has been eliminated. That brings up a good point, though. If a loss, if Survivor means you don't lose, that's how people think of Survivor, right? Yeah, so, it's in the rules. So how I know my my, lead, my survivor league, I'm now also on the Ravens, but the people who had the Steelers are still in. Yeah, really? If you, if you think about depends it, depends on the rules. It, yeah, it, you think about it, it's only rational, right? Survivor means you don't lose. Yeah. When Ric Flair would be a double count out in the third fall of a two, best two out of three, do you think he lost the title? No, <laughs> no. 
You can't. The title can't change hands on by, a count out. By the way, hey. I thought the greatest like world championship match: Ric Flair against Chief Wahoo McDaniel for the world championship, Georgia Championship Wrestling, or something like that, regionally. And it came down. Well, first, to, he was the world champion. It wasn't yeah, regional. I know, but it came down to best two out of three falls, and and Wahoo got him in the sleeper when it was one one. And Ric Flair kicked off like the rope. He was about to pass out, and he passed out, and he fell down on top of Wahoo, still having the sleeper. But Wahoo's shoulders were on the ground. So and he, Flair, and he, and, he, and he actually did where he lifted his back up. Yeah. So Flair won unconscious. He was unconscious, but he was like, like Wahoo had his shoulders down, and so Wahoo's like, "I'm the new champion." Like, give me that belt. Nope. No way in America. <laughs> no. But now you think about it, you could say Ric Flair's whoop was a cultural appropriation from the Indians. Ooh. Now, I can't help it that I'm custom-made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can't dance all night long. And wins when he's unconscious. Talk to you next week.